This is Chris Somney, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Get up, get up, get down, and get pumped. <laughs> it's like silver butter. What are you? Maybe four. He was rattling off and running shit like crazy. And I'm like, wait a minute, dude, I didn't get one. So I edited the show in maybe 20 minutes. The majority of my time came from looking up all the creative people on the field. So I thank you for giving me something to do. your mobile. How y'all doing? Alright. Better now, as we always say. Great. It's not Wednesday. But. Well, it is Wednesday for our listeners for a change. Right. Yeah. Instead of Thursday. But it's actually Tuesday. For us. Because I'm the so DAP confused. is hitting the road on in the morning, which will be Wednesday. Cause well, he, not in the morning, but yes. Hitting the road on well, Wednesday. Well, okay. All right, all right. Semantics. I don't, no, I mean, you're right. I didn't, I didn't want you to be like, you know, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. What the fuck are you still doing at home, bro? So you know, Oh, just, well, for so. real, for real. You and your lovely bride are hopping in your vehicle or some other vehicle. I'm not quite sure which. And uh heading down to North Kakaleka. Yes. Yeah, get there um get there a little early. Spend some time with uh with dad and, and uh get ready to get back in the car for another couple hour car ride to head out to uh Charlotte and then um Renee will come out and uh Sunday and get me and hopefully maybe even get there a little earlier than than, you know, me hanging out with my suitcase waiting to get picked up and she'll come inside and, and, and see people who she hasn't seen in a while and, and meet people for the first time. Wait a minute. She is driving. You're, you're both going to drive to the heroes. Con. No, no, we're driving, we're driving to my dad's. Right. And then Friday morning, I'm getting driven to, I'm driving to heroes and she's going to drive back. And she's going to go back, right? So she can spend the week. And then she's going to pick your ass up. up. That's what I said. That is love. What? It's not like it's, it's, it's like another eight hour drive. It's like, and, and it's, I mean, who knows? Maybe my dad's going to take me Friday. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll bond and shit. So, but it's like, yeah, it is bananas, but it's, you're, it's, you're still getting chauffeured either way. Like I'm not driving any of it. Yeah. You are the king dad. That proves it. I don't know who's more royal. You are Wade Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> My ears are better, that's for damn sure. Oh, shit. Hey, everybody. It's the best day of the week. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 373. And I am Vince. I'm going to kill them dark barking dogs. Darking bogs? Darking bogs in the house. I'm going to kill them. Rosalie bleeds? B. Yorkies. (sighs) Somebody farts and they bark. Amazing. Remember when you said Nutterbush Wash? The, uh, I am David A. Price. Yeah, you are. And girl, you've earned it, cause I'm the weekend. Am I missing something? What's the weekend? What? Dude, it's not what, it's who is the weekend? Who's the weekend? The weekend is the, my favorite, my current favorite R&B crooner of the, of the moment. I don't feel so bad, cause I would not know that. He's got a, a bunch of, well, a bunch of songs have dropped, but his, 
his breakout hit was uh, is is a should say a song called Earned It. Okay. It should be you, it should be the opening music tonight, but I'm sure you've already picked something like Zappa. Yeah, it will not be. You are not the weekend. No. You are Jason Seven Day Long Woo Wado. in the house, as usual. And we're all together. Together, together. And you don't have to wait till the weekend to get cheap comic books. <laughs> you can get it 24-7. All you have to do is fire up your internet browsing device and head on over to DCB, as in boy, service.com. That's DCBService.com, and you will be awash, that means all over, in massive, copious discounts on your favorite funny books and collectibles, such as from Fanagraphics. Oh, yeah, it's the Hip Hop Family Tree Monthly, number one. They're going single issues, which makes a lot of sense. And I do believe that issue number one will ship concurrently with volume tree. Uh, <laughs> mm. Volume gonna... volume three of what we've been used to, that, that yes. oversized treasury and edition. And before you go on, because I, I, I didn't know you were going to bring this up in the promo, but... We talked about this briefly last week, and I erred in saying that it was my understanding it was all new content. It is, in fact, not new content. It is uh, essentially a reprint of from the start with extra stuff. So it's got different intro. It's got extra back matter, some process stuff, but it's going to start where the first volume started, just to be clear. Right. But it is a must-buy. Any, any, ex- any extra pisker is good pisker. Mm-hmm. And well worth your uh, investment. I think it's three ninety nine. It is, but you can get it for half that if you are a DCBS customer. You can get it for a dollar ninety nine. From Image, it's the Invisible Republic trade paperback from our buddies uh, Karina Becco and Gabriel Hardman. Cover price, you know it, nine ninety nine. Your price, four dollars and ninety nine cents. Mm-hmm. Find me a brick and mortar store that's going to sell you this for four ninety nine. You can't do it. Unless you go to the DCBS store, well, then you'll get it there probably. Um, and finally, last but not least, from – I always forget the name of this company. Super Genius. That's – I don't like that name, but whatever. It's Neil Gaiman's Technophage hardcover. Reprints all ten issues of the Techno Comics series. It's awesome. Neil Gaiman, Brian Talbot. Cover – well, there's two versions of this. You can get the soft cover which I don't recommend. Get the hardcover because the stuff is great. The hardcover is $24.99. Your price, $13.74. That's 45% off. You're not going to find it that price anywhere. DCB service does not mind late orders or order additions, and you get your stuff right to your front door. They are the best. DCBService.com. Go there. Nice. And multiply. Mm-hmm. Oh, I am seriously messing up my speech tonight. Really? I, I hope I'm it's not a hard trend. water. Yeah, Maybe you got issues, dude. Sparkly water. Yeah. Maybe I'm having a little TIA and I don't you got know. Some serious issues. That <laughs> 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 made you laugh out loud. That's true. <laughs> you did. Uh, you remind me of that girl on Zoe 101. I don't know what that she, is. It's a. It was a. It's actually Britney Spears' sister, Jamie Spears. Oh. The title character. And she got all pregnant and they had to end the show. She did. But anyway, she, uh, she, 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 she had to speech things like this. <laughs> I'm so it's easy. So I just, just talking a fucked up voice. Oh, and I'll, man, I'll, I'll lose my shit. Oh, goodness. Yes. So let's do the drink 
Oh, we have a, a what? I, I have a shout out. Oh, shout away. Well, uh, as we mentioned if, uh, already, David and I will be attending Heroes Con this weekend, and we are beyond giddy. Yeah. And there are going to be an inordinate number of people there, both friends and listeners and creators that uh, are worth people's attention. But I wanted to give a shout out in particular to one creator setting up at Artist Alley because he is a longtime listener of our show. He is a longtime friend of the show and he is doing David and I a very significant solid related to the con, which we won't get into the details other than to say he's doing us a big solid. Um, but in any regard, I wanted to thank him. Uh, it's Jay Sternitsky. Oh, yeah, our boy. And, and, and I wanted to thank him for the solid he's doing us by, uh, calling to people's attention his work. Um, we've talked about it in the past, but it's been a while, frankly. So Jay is the writer of Short Stack, Tales of a Superhuman Plumber. Yep. And he also has a webcomic called Rolo, Nuclear Powered Pacifist Robot. And you can find them both at paper. DreamProductions.com. That is paper, DreamProductions, all one word, dot com. And, uh, if you want to say hello to Jay, as we will be doing certainly, he will be at Artist Alley Tables AA 328 and 329 the whole weekend. So, Jay, thank you very much. Dap and I appreciate what you're doing for us. And, uh, we will see you in a few days. And everyone Short else should check out his awesome. stuff. It is. It's, it's very, very yeah. good stuff. So, carry on, carry forward, Vince. Oh, uh, I have no thank yous. David, do you have any? I do not. All right. You lucky bastard. I saw you won something. I did win something. Yes. Yes. Thanks to, uh, Aviva Music in Berkeley. But yes, I followed them on Instagram and I liked a photo and that was basically the contest. They were going to pick one lucky person, uh, who liked the the photo and um and i did and and i won and it was an orphan black prize pack consisting of a um a sarah manning funko pop and a uh the soundtrack and the score to the show two separate cds and when you look at the back on on the other pop figures that they make one of them one of them actually is a rachel with a pencil in the eye which is king Awesome from the second season. So if you're not caught up, spoilers. There's, <laughs> anyway, the I'm gonna give you the spoiler and then I'm gonna tell you about it at the mm. end. There is a there are a lot of neat pops coming out. Yeah, I was uh, looking through the previews today, and there are a ton of American Horror Story pops, and I must have them all. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that's cool. I was very uh, happy for you when I saw that. Drink roll call. Oh yeah. I'll I'll go first because I'm the low end of the spectrum. Of water. Take it away what? next person in line. Water. Water. We need we need water. We do. We, we do. I'm, we I, my my thing has water in it. It has water in it, but it, it also has hops and all sorts of other goodness which makes it yangling lager. Nice. I was uh, I was going to have for Vince tonight, since we're not gonna see him this weekend, a um a porch rocker, but hey, I'm already feeling full because of dinner, and the last thing I need is liquid bread. And and two, I already started with wine with dinner, and I didn't want to do the whole mixing thing. So, um, I'm finishing what I had with dinner, which was the last of last week's Redwood Creek. But I did pop open once I finished that a uh, a Sterling Vintners. So 
Sweet. Yeah. Pick up my slack. I like that. Mm-hmm. The porch rocker is good shit, though. Oh, porch rocker's great. Yeah, it is. It is. Yes. Indeed. I can go through a case of that. You know how I like to, to go easy on the beer? Because let's be honest, it's like three, four hundred calories a bottle. That's just nuts. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it not, if you're drinking, not if you're drinking uh, the, the Corona good, water that Jason drinks. No, the good beer is like very, very high in calories, the good beer. The, meaning the dark beer. That oh, like. bah. Yeah, and we're not stout. talking about Guinness. Guinness swill. is not. Yes, but it anyway, is. It's not swill. No, the darker, is. the better. No. Why? Go ahead. But you were saying you could, you could go through. If I had a case of Porch Rocker, I would blow through that in no, no time. Yeah, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a little bummed that this whole... um case of the summer from from sam adams is um there's like i think 24 bottles in it and 12 of them are um summer ale and um and the rest are comprised of like for each my math is probably off but of, of porch rocker the um the 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 red Rebel IPA. Um, oh, I like that. I like that too. That's right. It, it's I just I'm not a big IPA dude. And uh, the Porch Rocker, the IPA, the um, uh, the the Downtime Pilsner, and uh, four bottles of um, or eight bottles of regular Boston Lager. All good. Send it is all good to, to me. Just, I would love to have more Porch Rocker than everything else. Shit, yeah. For the record, I love the IPAs. Mm, that makes one of us right. Oh man! Can't have let's it. talk about let's talk about comics. I think we can agree unanimously on the strengths of one book that I know we all read. Okay. Did we all read it today? No. Oh. But we can talk about that because Not really. it's written by the same written by the same dude. Uh, I don't know what you're talking Mr. about. So, Mr. Jason Aaron. Ooh, strength. Who penned the amazing? And I don't think that's an understatement. Weird world. Number one. Oh, okay. I thought you were going the other place. Okay, I get you. No, written by Mike, or illustrated by Mike Del Mundo. Yes. Who I have been singing his praises from for of recently due to Electra. Dude's in beast mode. He he is in rare form. Yeah. So, am I correct in in the fact that we all really loved it? You are correct in that, sir. And it's such a simple premise too. Mm -hmm. Archon just wants to get home. That's all. He 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 finds himself in um well, weird world which is a floating island battling all sorts of nasties, squid sharks. Uh what else do we have here? There's a dragon at one point. He's beset by orcs. Um and they all just want to shit on his day. That that's basically it. And Archon who is a pretty tough character to begin with. I mean, the dude throws lightning bolts. And all my experience with uh, the character from Fantastic Four and other comics is he's tough. He hasn't taken his shit. But yet the world in which he finds himself brings him to his knees to the point where, and I thought this was pretty funny, the dude cries. <laughs> he's like, oh, man, every, even the landscape's trying to kill me here. I just want to go home. I can't take anymore. Just get me out of here. And he, But he finds a resolve to keep going once once he encounters the dragon. They sort of kind of bond which doesn't last long because this is weird world and um we're left with a a, a bit of a cliffhanger but i love it when when jason aaron waxes romantic i think this is and i'm talking about romanticism not 
you know, character sucking face, a la romance. This is probably the most romantic we've ever seen Jason Aaron. Hmm. It's, it's oh. all emotion. The whole thing is just chock full and, and it's pretty basic emotions. It's the struggle against the dude's atmosphere or his environment. Sorry. The, the, the desire to get the hell out. It's just, it's pure unbridled emotion. I think this is like, this book is almost the textbook definition of the romantic movement. I'm with you with one caveat, which is just that I think it's fair to say what you said with the addendum of in a Marvel comic because right. scalped is just as raw emotionally as a book's ever been. So, but right. I know okay, I I will amend my sure. my comment and say in his, of his Marvel work, mm-hmm. this is probably uh, the the one most steeped in romanticism. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing, and I I have the the uh, sneaking suspicion that Mr. Del Mundo is working digitally. I agree. If he's if he's not working completely digitally, there's a large a large quotient. Uh, of digital in here mm-hmm. and that saddens me not because the proof is in the pudding the art is fantastic but i'm putting on my, my jason wood head on here mm-hmm. if i if i wanted to own some of this I, I don't think it would be available in anything other than a print well he's not you're probably right i mean he is he is the artist but he's not the only color artist he he does he right. does the colors with um marco d'alfonso but um yeah i i don't this would be some pretty heavy um, paper for, for, for the type of work being put, the type of detail being put on the page. It's, I, I could be working on, on heavy bristles. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it would, it, yeah. it's nothing that, uh, I, you look at the map. I mean, the, the map would probably just be a, um, you know, map goes here and, and that, that, that's probably, I would have had a blast making that map. That map's nuts. Yes. But, but he, they're both, um, both of the artists, use the technology to their advantage it doesn't scream digital mm-hmm. there there's you know there's a couple um end marks like the, the the terminus of a line there's a couple marks in here that i'm like all right this is digital but to the untrained eye you really can't tell all that much right and that that's great don't don't let the technology use you use the damn technology and i think they use it perfectly it's it's amazing the texture in this fucking thing, it's it's incredible and the reds as they should because, you know, Archon's violent. The the reds are just screaming. Absolutely. Very very high chroma red. I I really adored this book and the map. Yeah, and it's it's all like over the place. Crazy. He's he's on land. He is literally in the air. He is then underwater. It is just all over the place. The uh, yeah. The last it moves pretty quick. It, it does move quick because I got to the last page and I it, it's one of those books where I immediately wanted more. Um, and uh, it it's it, it's there's a lot of um, of text, but it 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 doesn't it it's not a chore to read. You don't turn the page and go, "Holy crap, word balloons!" I mean, it does because of the action and 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 it's it's clever in the sense when. Um, Archon is talking about the ogres and how primitive they are and they use sticks and then, and then down on the ground, the ogres are about to say the same thing about, um, about pink skins being primitive and only using sticks. And it, it's just, it really was a joy to read, to look at. It's, it's a beautiful book. It, it really is a, uh, 
it's a site. It doesn't feel like a Marvel book. This is something that you'd see in Epic Illustrated. This is not something oh, that, that you would, you know, buy off the racks on a monthly basis, a 32 page comic book. This is, this is something that you would, with, with the Epic line, it, this would be on the shelf next to Meltdown with Havoc and Wolverine next mm-hmm. to everything else. This would look awesome as a prestige book with, um, well, it, it's entirely fitting that it looks like that because Warriors of the Shadow Realm was a special upscale trilogy release in the magazine format. Mm-hmm. So it, Warriors of the Shadow Realm predated Epic, but that greased the wheels for Epic. Right. So it, it's entirely fitting. He dropped a bomb on the last page. Oh, yeah. As far as I, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned, not, not, not with the, uh, the, uh, the person pulling the strings on, on Weird World, but one of the, the lackeys of this person says they're wondering who Archon is. And one of them says, could he be an ally of the man things and their mm-hmm. swamp queen? Mm-hmm. If we're going to see an army of man things, I'm going to lose it. Well, I think we're Seriously, gonna do. I am just going to lose it. I think you're going to be relating and, to yourself. Uh, <laughs> I close the door. I'm relating to myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, th- those characters on the top of that page, is that a Chris Star crossover? <laughs> the Magma Men? Is uh, it? It very well could be, man. They scream Chris Star. They me, do. And I think. Which is, is not a bad thing. And ready the Magma Men. Yeah, maybe. But, but Chris Star wasn't that, that, that was a, that was licensed. That was a toy tie-in. Right, but hey, anything's possible. It's true. Right? It's true. Well, I mean, we used Bug and Guardians of the Galaxy, and that was, just, I mean, it wasn't part. Uh, I mean, it was part of Micronauts, but it's not like it was, and it was obviously created for for the comic. But yeah, I mean, it's that's the one thing that saddens me about the the Micronauts that they can't use a Croyer. Yeah. Oh, that would be so badass. The the, the coolest character, yeah, really, entire Micronauts. Yeah, seriously. Ah, mm-hmm. oh. oh, well. Um, but uh, did you notice that the uh, the ape dude has two different color eyes? I did not. Yes. Do you think, do you think that's significant in any way? No, it seems to be a bit. It, it might be. It, it's odd, and it's not. Um... Could be ape Bowie. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and the the uh, the blur on the net is freaking. That perfect. is, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it really is, and they they just. They did not phone anything in on this. Yeah, and that could could have been produced by hand by a very adept person. It doesn't. Again, it doesn't scream digital to me. The, someone could have done that by hand with an airbrush. So, I'm I'm not you know well that's not a an earmark to me that it was done digitally, which was probably how it was done. But still, I'm just saying, it's an amazing book. Uh, this, the ogre is underbites me. It's just I yeah. I can stare at this art for days. And if they do release the uh, the Secret Wars tie-ins in single volumes, this one better be a hardcover. <laughs> and didn't we the first time we saw Archon in Fantastic Four? I forget what it was. Uh, wasn't he riding a dragon? Was he? I remember the the cover where Ben's running away, looking over was. his shoulder, and Archon <laughs> is flinging lightning bolts at him. Hmm. One seventy, maybe one eighty, Fantastic Four around there. I don't remember honestly. Yeah, my I mean I my my memory for num issue numbers is uh terrible to say the least. So I'm thinking it was around that time. Mm-hmm. Maybe a 60 cent cover, 50 60 cent, I don't know. But anyway, 
Uh, yeah, this issue was fantastic. More of the same, please. Yes, agreed. That friggin' map. It's nice, too, because you look at the map and you think, all right, we're going to see man-wolves coming. <laughs> we're going to see some burning rain, uh, cannibals, well, um, caves of the devil dinos, multiple devil dinosaurs. Does, it, it can't get any, any better. And is well, man things, but still. I'm I'm trying to remember. I'm, I'm skimming through it quickly now again. But did they actually um, did they reference Doom or the Thorcor? Is this one of the few books that actually didn't? Yeah, no, they don't. Well, maybe on the last page, I think the um, the person said, "Praise God, uh, God, Doom." Or yes, something. she does. Uh, the, yeah, Doom may stand above oh, yeah, all, okay. but all right. yeah. So yeah, they do rep, but it's it's, it's has, mainly it's yeah. one of the last few words, and it's at the last page. So okay, but yeah, I mean it. So it's which is fine. I mean, I it, it's yes, it, it's a battle world. It's it's a secret wars tie-in. So so they're the references, and that's one thing that I've really enjoyed about all the tie-ins I've read so far is that it it's part of this whole new status quo, but Everything staying on its own. Aside from, you know, maybe the Thors flying overhead or someone say, you know, Doom praise us all, then that's, that's it. And obviously, you know, you know why they're saying that, but you're not hit over the head with it. You're not, you don't have to go then and read every Thor core appearance from other, but it's just, it's right. something else that I'm, I just appreciate right. this whole event. You know, if they kept the core books relatively untouched, Amazing Spider-Man, let us weep because there's not going to be a Fantastic Four, but mm-hmm. like Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, mm-hmm. and Aven- Avengers. Keep those like five or six core books. Um, acknowledge Secret Wars, but let's move on after it's over. If they didn't do these as miniseries but launched all these as ongoings, I would be very happy right now based on the strength of everything we've read so far. Uh, Yeah, well... I, I guess. I mean, we'll have to see. I don't know. I mean, I think some of them worked because they're going to work in a in a small chunk. I, I don't. I don't know that I. Some of these conceits would would appeal to me for long. Um, I, I think one of the things that are interesting about them is that they are, um, like what ifs. They're they're evocative of of things that well, that we enjoy. Yeah. You know, if you read Ghost Racers, that's not that's not a long telling story. Right. The, the characters yeah. in it are not. In total, they're not long for this for this battle world. They're not going to. You won't be able to read issue one hundred of Ghost Racers and everybody's still alive and and doing what they you do. Know, it, it's not. You don't know that. No. <laughs> well, if you read it, yeah, you do. I did read it. Let's talk about it. Uh, sure. Well, before we move on, though, let's just give uh, Archon his due. He he uh, first appeared in Avengers number seventy five. Damn. Is he, Roy he must be. Oh, he must be. So what's what issue Fantastic Four was that? I remember the cover was predominantly orange. It would be or or reddish orange. Well, one sixty through one sixty three were his first Fantastic Four appearances. Nice. See, I was in the ballpark. Yeah. That's all right. And then he showed up in X Men Annual number three and number five and number nine. So that's interesting. And then not again until West Coast Avengers. Wow. Ooh, Synchronicity, which I bought today. Synchronicity. I'm sure you did. I got an amazing deal. Mm-hmm. Two um, West Coast Avengers hardcovers. Right. Um, we're talking Sins of the Past and Family Ties. All together, they reprint West Coast Avengers 1 to 16 
and I think there's two issues of Vision and the Scarlet Witch in there. Mm-hmm. Does that include the original four issue miniseries by um, Bob Hall? Yes. Nice. Yes. And the whole thing cost me uh, sixteen bucks, eight bucks a piece. Mm. They're on, I guess they're in, in the Marvel remainder thing. So they pitch them to the, the shop owners at a, at a huge discount and the shop owners can decide, you know, what they're going to charge for them. Seven, seven bucks and change for each one. I wonder if that's because of the Omni, Omniboo they just put out this past couple months. Well, yeah, maybe. Uh, the cover price on these things is thirty four ninety nine. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. I wouldn't buy it at that price, but, uh, thumbing through them, the reproduction is Awesome. Mm. The colors are, are screaming. The beautiful, beautiful stuff. Yeah, I'm going to read one or two of these for next week because mm-hmm. I, I passed on my run of West Coast Avengers to a very near and dear friend. So I uh, kind of regret it. So that's why I just bought these up. All right. No regrets. Not even yeah. a single letter. Nah, spread the love. No regrets. No surrender. But so, so Ghost Racers, number one, mm-hmm. written by Felipe Smith. Who loves his Robbie Reyes? It it stands to reason, though. I mean, Robbie's the current incarnation. And it's his dude. I mean, yeah, I get it. It's like, you know, I don't want to hurt him. It's nothing's going to, you know, he got got to win. But it's like, geez. It is heavily skewed (laughs) towards Robbie. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Art. Art. Juan Gideon, or Gideon. And uh, the colors by Tamara Bonvian. And I, it's actually spelled Bon Villain. Oh, yeah, I like that. And I think, and I think I'm going to appropriate that name because that's like very that. fitting yeah. for me. Go yeah, for Bon Villain. Uh, we return once more. Yes, love that. To the kill, the Kilosseum. Awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> again. Every night can't be, you know, the captain and 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 you know, being all gladiators with a dinosaur. Right. It's true. No, so you mix it up. Yep. Keep the people happy. Uh, but an arcade is still in control of the Coliseum. Uh, in the main event in this issue are the spirits of ignition. I think this is brilliant. We get the uh, most popular incarnations of the the spirits spirits of vengeance. Uh, Johnny Blaze is here. Danny Ketch, who's known as Danny Boy. Uh, Robbie Reyes. Alejandra Blaze, yes. who. I'm really not familiar. Yeah. Oh, with that that's at all. because you. It is the um, it was the the, the post Jason Aaron uh, Ghost Rider. Um, Volume seven. But uh, yeah, she she um she it, it, she was mostly in um she was introduced towards towards the end of that and and she did become the um. She was the Ghost Rider with the breasts. Everybody was just like, "Why is Ghost Rider breasts?" Mm-hmm. See, it was it wasn't long. Was no. It? Uh, well, and I didn't finish the Aaron run, so that would explain it, right? Yeah. Uh, her, she's the Nicaraguan Hellfire, and then we have Carter Slade, the original Ghost Rider, the dude on the horse. Yeah, and uh, they're just uh, competing in the the Coliseum to see uh you know just who wins it's a race but it's not a typical race because all of them are armed all of them are trying to blow the shit out of each other uh Danny Ketch has a cannon on front of his bike um the uh Danny uh Danny's bike is all tricked out it's the 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 um original ghost rider has gatling guns yeah, mounted on that's the, my favorite, the that's my favorite decision Mounted on the flanks of the horse, and it's well his his centaur body. Right, his centaur. Yeah, it's just it's insane, and it's. I, I think this issue, uh, with what we've learned about Mad Max and how it just 
everyone seems to be meeting it, meeting the movie with unanimous, uh, appeal. This, I don't think this, this issue with the themes that it has couldn't have been published at a more better time. More better. More That's better. What I said. Love more, better more better time. It's just, it just screams to me, Road Warrior. Well timed for sure. Cause you know, they well, plan yeah. this well in advance of any, any Mad Max re- thing. So yeah, I, that, I agree. The, the recent Ghost Rider, I mean, that, 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 that was trying to, uh, work into the whole Fast and Furious crew, um, with the Dodge Charger. So, I mean, yes, it, it is, it's, it is well timed in that regard. I, I, just like the, uh, the Future Imperfect book, I appreciate the, um, the going away from the norm with, with, with the intro page and, and mm-hmm. giving us a little, um, overhead of, of who our players are and, and, uh, and, an overhead view of, of the Coliseum and where everybody is lap wise. And it, it, they, they just took advantage of the, the, the recap or, or the intro page. But, yeah. um, the art, I, I am not familiar with, um, Gideon's work. The, the, the art is, reminded me a little bit of, um, of, uh, Tanji of, uh, who is, um, the, uh, who, who's done Marvel work and, and did the, uh, the image series that Jason and I, Red, um, it, it's, I, I like the art a lot. It, it seems to be a little bit of a, um, there's, there, there's a manga feel to it and, and, and some places it's, uh, it, it's not, it's minimal where it needs to be, but then especially when you see Slade, it's, uh, he, he goes hog wild with, with the gun, with, with the, with the speed lines and, and, and showcasing the, uh, the motion, everybody's vehicle. Looks amazing. It, it, it's another well done, well done issue. And, and, and it's different where, um, cause it's not, yeah, you get the race. The race is pretty much the, the, the first half of the book, but there's, uh, there's fallout after the race and, and, uh, pretty much everybody's got issues and, and we know, um, everybody seemed a little bit distraught about not coming in first and, and why they didn't want to come. And we were, we're, we're pretty much shown why you're either first or last. If you ain't first or last, and, and this is why you don't want to, uh, you don't want to lose in one of Arcade's games. It's, uh, I, I thought it was a pretty cool first issue and, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah. And just to, um, reiterate something you just said about the speed lines. Normally I'd be like, nah, man, lazy, lazy. <laughs> But in this instance, I found the speed lines to be entirely fitting mm-hmm. because if the the velocity at which these characters are screaming down the track, the backgrounds would be a blur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and and there's variations within the speed lines. It's not just flat with you know lines to indicate oh these guys are going fast. You know the colors blend and they they shift and so it it, it worked for me. It, I didn't find it lazy at all. Right. It, it it actually enhanced it to a certain uh, extent. I thought I thought it was really well done. Um, and like David said, yeah, there's a reason why these characters don't want to win, but. Arcade being arcade is playing the numbers, uh, at the end. And the, uh, the status quo, if he gets his way, is going to shift. And so he, he stands to make a hell of a lot of money from it. So as an introduction, I thought this issue was great because, yeah, we, we meet the top dog, but he ain't going to be top dog for long. And he's going to have to probably claw his way, uh, 
out of whatever arcade throws at them, which is awesome. I, I am a little surprised though the uh where our other racers are um where they're holed up where where, right. where where they get to reside. It's it is one of those things where you would think the the villain would know not to keep them all together like that. It's just it, it struck me out. It's like wow, they're all they're all in the same room. Like how is that how is that beneficial to the bad guy? Why would you not Right. So, um, maybe, um, it's a psychological torture too, so they can see someone getting a crack. I mean, there's, there's, there's a, there's a saw blade, there's a drill. uh, I mean, yeah, they, they, the shit goes on and then maybe they go to their separate corners, but, um, it, it's for, and it's, it's, it's a pretty cool looking panel. I don't want to, um, I definitely don't want to give that the, the short shrift. Love the covers by, um, Frank Avia, the, the, the orange, the red, the yellow, he, he makes that pop. Uh, yeah. I don't want to bring it down, but I thought all of the covers were, were fantastic. Uh, Dan Panoshin's cover. That was, was killer. Amazing cover. Yeah. But I gotta say, Mr. Tex, <laughs> with I've, the I've small, yeah, well. I've, I've seen better Tex. Mm-hmm. From him. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. But, uh, my favorite part of the issue, was when um uh Robbie Robbie in this uh incarnation is again incredibly devoted to his little brother and the brother pops in the best uh like the best of Robbie Ray and we get to see Modoc splattered against Mm -hmm. a wall, um an army of venoms just wiped out. The Reyes plows through Sentinels, yep. right through the chest of one, but the funniest one comes at the end. He, I guess he just flat out ran down Sabretooth and Sabretooth is like all splattered on his windshield. That is great. That was just like, how many badasses can you take out with this thing? Mm-hmm. And it just makes me wonder, what kind of vehicle was Sabretooth on? I would have loved to see that. <laughs> yeah. He's not happy. <laughs> and, and I do, uh, I like that, uh, Reyes is wearing the, um, that we're representing the old, the old school Johnny Blaze carnival, um, attire with, with the old, the old jacket, the design on the jacket. It's, it's more black and white. It's not, it, it, it's not the same color scheme, but I like it, it. The design, um, harkens yeah. back to the old Blaze stuff, which I, which I like. It's cool. I don't remember. Did he have a Chevron? On his forehead in the the, the regular no. series, I don't I don't think no. so. That's a new yeah. thing. I think the hair is slightly different too, because I think he had the patch, um, of the, the the tuft of white like in the top or on the side. He it, it, he didn't have the uh, the whole Reed Richards look going like he did. Yeah. You know, you were talking about the the torture sequence that has a little bit of an uh, Acuna vibe to it, doesn't mm. it? Really. Just, yeah, especially Arcade's face and the, the, the torture, uh, room proper when you see the panorama. That's got a little bit of, uh, Acuna to me. Maybe it's the color art. I, I Probably see that. Uh, no, yeah, I gotta say it. I mean, yeah, no, no, the, uh, our Arcade is much too pointy to be, uh. Well. It, it's, yeah, I, I don't get Acuna from that at all. Not even the color? Mm, no, not really. Because it's not, not as enough. it's it's not as um <laughs> as as and I mean it's in a good way it's not as sloppy uh, he 
a community doesn't necessarily stay within the lines, which is fine, especially, you know, if, 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 if you look at the, uh, the earlier Uncanny Avengers stuff, it, it works. It's just the color is kind of all over here. Everything is, is, um, uh, static. It, it's, it's, the color stays where, where, where it's supposed to. Yeah, I think what's pushing me in the Cunha direction, and that guy can can sloppy all over me any day, is that the interior lines are color; they're not black. And Cunha uh, doesn't. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 but you're not. Mm-hmm. Y'all are hateful. No, 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 no. See why we're hateful? We're great. <laughs> not seeing the Cunha, but it doesn't mean that. Right. I mean that uh, Gideon's not putting it down. Right. Great stuff. And then we get a, a page at the end, um, The Devil's in the Details, yeah. where they, they go into the Carter Slade uh, design and, and why some of the choices were made. And it's just amazing, amazing stuff. The uh, I was trying to see if there was anybody who um, jumped out at me in the crowd as far as, like, any – did um, Gideon draw anybody who, who uh, you may not – See, usually in, in a Marvel comic or anything like that, but, um, I'm not real sure who, who the, uh, I mean, I, I, the dog guy kind of looks familiar, but I'm not sure if that's supposed to be anybody specific. Um, hmm. but, I, and I dig how everybody's, uh, you know, everybody's a mark for their guy. Everybody's wearing everybody's, uh, colors or outfits and, uh, the Reyes t-shirt is, is pretty cool because again, it, it, it's that damn design, but it's, it's a, uh, I, I had a lot of fun with this. Seriously. I mean, it, it's, I am, I am a ghostwriter fan. I'm a, uh, I'm a Johnny Blaze. Um, and, and I did like the, uh, the most recent ghostwriter run, especially when, with, with Treadmore kicking it off. Um, so yeah, I, um, I was, I was looking forward to this one. Yeah. I, you know what? Now that you mentioned it and, and I gotta say, Johnny Johnny Blaze especially is really under under uh valued in this book because I mean he's our ghostwriter. Yep. And even in the splash page yeah uh Dan- Danny catches before yeah, Blaze. Yeah. Uh and then when they finally get um when they they what do they call it when they lose the the uh spirit of vengeance they, there was a despiriting when they're despiriting uh, like Danny catches all throwing punches, windmill style. Johnny Blaze is kicking the guard. Yeah. Like he's kicking him. Get away from me. You <laughs> Stop it. You know, like, come on. Give, well, it remains to be seen. There's still a couple issues that's left. So maybe, maybe Blaze will step up. Yeah. He could be the hero for all we know. We don't know. Right. He could be the hero and it would be great if he was. That is true. That would be great. Cause he's our ghost rider. Damn it. Yeah, right. If Aaron was writing this, you could be uh, damn sure the orb would pop up somewhere. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. Surprised nobody ran over him in this. Give it time. We'll see him. Yeah. Hopefully. But yeah, another winner. They're, they're killing it with these Secret Wars books. I have to say most of them have been enjoyable. I think the varying degrees for me. Some I've, re- I've loved, some I've, I've liked. But but yeah, it's been it's been a pleasant experience so far. Well, yeah, a mechanic like this, nostalgia is the fuel that's running the engine. So, depending on how long you you've been reading comics, uh, if if you, if you just jumped into it within the past like five years, a lot of this stuff you're gonna be like, "What? I don't even know who these people are." But long timers like ourselves, it's all gold. 
Yeah, it, oh. and it, you pick up Weird World because it someone knew who was going to pick it up because it looks really cool. But yeah. and you just ran down Archon's less than half dozen appearances, so it's not like Archon's not the one selling this book. No. So. By the way, we didn't. If we we've been remiss. We didn't introduce our fourth co-host uh, sitting in with us tonight, Mister Cricket. <laughs> Jiminy, it should be on David's shoulder. No shit. I, I assume I see you're recording outside, David. I, I I might as well be. I think it's okay. a little cooler outside. No, I got the window open behind me, and and uh, yeah, that that's that's fucking strange, man. How it's picking up everything these days. Power of the Yeti for reals. For reals. Uh, I actually read a bunch of image stuff, but. Uh, I did before we get off this Secret Wars train. Did you guys have a chance to read the Marvel Zombies? I think you did. Yes. Already. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, I finally did. I think you guys read it even before last week, right? No, uh, I read it this weekend. Okay. Um, I. What'd you think? I. I, uh, I. I. I dug it a lot. I. Yeah. I. Me too. Uh, the cover was. Um, I. Did you get the Lashley cover or the Greg Land yeah. cover? No, the, the, the last year, which is why, I mean, at first I'm looking at it and I'm like, cause from far away the thumbnail, I'm like, oh, is that getting Neil Adams? And I'm looking at it and, and it is, it, it bummed me out a bit that it's not a Kev Walker cover. I mean, Lashley put a lot of work into it. There's a lot yeah, I of I think work. he put it down though. I, I think Ken Lashley can be, at his worst, he can, he can be a 90s image clone. Right. But, uh, but this was, I thought this looked good. I thought he, uh, this was definitely, I, I put it this way. This is a backhanded compliment. I I would never have said this was a, a Lashley cover and, until I looked inside the mm-hmm. case. You know, uh, this may seem odd um, coming from the fact that Kev Walker absolutely eviscerates the single images he does for Wizards of the Coast. But I got to say, Walker's not a strong cover artist. Oh, really? Yeah, he has. He's never been that strong. Which is nuts, right? Because he his bread and butter is single images, at least for his wizard's work. You know, th- this line of, 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 of discussion brings up something that um, I never really thought directly about. But if, if I ever do get the chance to chat up the uh, Marvel suits again, I would love to hear their thoughts as to how they go about doing covers. Just because it's not always to me, sure, I can understand, you know, you get, you'd get the Scotty Young... Marvel baby variants, right? Because they make money, right? And you, you put different, you know, big name artists on variants because they they make money. I get that, but but it seems like Marvel in particular, um, much more so than DC these days, fairly regularly puts someone else on the covers of a book uh, than than the person that does the interiors. And it's not as though they're picking cover artists who can't do interiors. Many times. They're having someone do a cover and, and that same artist may be doing interiors on a different book in that month. So I wonder what the rationale is for that. I can only guess that the interior artist is overtaxed mm-hmm. to begin with and adding a significant amount of work to his load. I mean, he's not going to approach he or she. There, anyone is not going to approach cover art in the same mindset as interior art. It's a, bu- because, it's a bummer for the interior artist, though, because while I've never understood it myself as a collector, covers fetch so many multiples of interior pages. Oh, you could do a couple covers a month and make 
more than dudes doing the interior. Well, I mean, like selling the art too, right? I mean, uh, yeah, a, I mean, essentially exactly. a pinup. I mean, oftentimes these days a cover can be a pinup, really, and a pinup will go, which doesn't even have much storytelling, can go for five times what that artist interior pages on a book will, will fetch. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, so so onto the book. It's written by Mr. Simon Spurrier with uh, with the interior art by Mr. Kev Walker and Frank um, Frank Darmada on colors. Um, this is a uh, amalgamation of the Marvel zombie universe, which I am of the three of us the least exposed to. I I, I think I read no, I did re- I did I read Kirkman's first, the original yeah. Marvel zombies. Same. Yeah. I, I don't think I've read another. Marvel Zombies book. Um, I read the second one. Okay, more is the pity. The uh, I, I love the title of this issue, which journey? was Journey into Misery, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And and we we are the heroine of the story, which is really why I got off on the book is Elsa Bloodstone. Um, I'm a big fan of the character. We don't get to see her all that often. But when we've seen her, I think she's been pretty well done. She said a couple of minutes. She was in the Legion of Monsters. She was in uh, Next Wave, which was probably her, her crowning moment, I would think, as a character, at least from a comedic standpoint. But she is Ulysses S. Bloodstone's uh, daughter. Ulysses Bloodstone was a famous monster hunter, uh, yep. sort of like the Marvel Van Helsing. And unlike Van Helsing, he was superpowered because he had a – Bloodstone, a giant uh, gem, and I, I don't remember if it's of alien origin or mystic origin, but it's a giant ruby-like gem that's that's literally fused into his chest, and it gives him all all measure of powers and 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 long life, and it it, pr- it provides him the necessary abilities to fight uh, creatures of evil, and the, the continuity's been different at different times, but but in all of the continuities, including this book, Elsa is his daughter. And she has taken over his mantle as the the preeminent monster hunter of of her time. And so, in this part of the Doom world, she is um, fighting against the hordes of zombies and trying to keep them from uh, breaking through the wall to other parts of uh, of Doomstadt. And um, uh, it's 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 good stuff. She she is a kick ass, take no nonsense um, heroine. She. She's uh, a little bit of Buffy, you know. She's definitely evocative of, of Buffy for for younger readers that that uh, are looking for something to to latch onto here. Um, and uh, I love the opening sequences where <laughs> yes. essentially they just got through a battle and one of her soldiers is is bleeding out. We've seen this scene a million times in war movies and 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 war TV shows. Um, and he's he's having trouble dealing with the fact that he's he's got a, a significant wound and. And um, he thinks he's going to turn into a zombie, and she's like, "Will you stop it? You're not going to turn into a zombie, you know." And she's like, "You don't have any, you know, you don't have uh, the wound wasn't uh, corrupted. There's no infection. You'll be fine." And just as he's like, "Oh, really? Oh, that's so good," because I was so worried. As he's finally at peace, she shoots him and kills him. So uh, you know, just puts him out of his misery. Um, and um, she takes on the uh, the red terror. And uh, makes quick work of 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 that whole situation. Um, we get a flashback to uh, her father training her at the ripe old age, ripe old age of seven. He throws this nasty looking, looks like a little howler monkey t- demon with the giant, giant, gross teeth, 
And, uh, she, Ulysses like throws that in her bedroom and she has to fight it off. And he's like, you're seven. It's, it's time you learned how to do these things. Um, we see Doc Ock. We see a zombie version of Doc Ock. Superior. I, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to interrupt mm-hmm. you, but she, she kind of fumbles the first monkey. Yes. And then he unleashes, uh, a horde of them on her mm-hmm. and gives her the knife and says, you know, basically save yourself. Yeah, right, yeah. Because right. the dude, she, the dude is not. She's, she's you knocked know, down by a piranha gibbon. Yeah, yeah. And then so now she's got to fight a whole horde of them off. Yeah, and that's cool. And I'm wondering if you guys have any thoughts as to the boy because she's in, she in, in the midst of these battles she encounters a a bald headed boy probably right around teenage maybe preteen it's hard to tell um, but but it's it's a boy in essentially a space suit. And I mean, it looks like a, a young, um, preteen Charles Xavier sort of. And yeah, it's Franklin. Is it? <laughs> you want to bet? Well, it could be because he has no yeah. memories yeah. at all. And he's looking for, you know, he really has no idea who he is. And so she, she's a reluctant, um, guardian for him suddenly. And she's faced with the, um, very difficult task of having to cross through most of this particular land, which of course is infested with all these zombie hordes. And, um, she finally takes the challenge. And, and, and by the way, I have to give Kev Walker credit for, cr- I didn't read much of the Marvel zombies, so I know they've, they've probably done Marvel zombie versions of just about every character ever. But perhaps because I didn't see much of that, some of this stuff was er- enter- entertaining as hell to me, not the least of which was, was zombie juggernaut. I was waiting yep. for that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, was, you know, he's, he's got these, these sinewy, spindly arms that barely look like they're toothpicks, and they're holding up these gigantic juggernaut fists and his, his, his giant feet, and, um, you know, and he's like, he's talking about tenderize, and he's got a speech impediment too. Yes, he does. He's talking about scrambling, cause he, he doesn't have jaws or lips, so he can't actually chew. Um, so yeah, just a lot of fun. You know, again, a character that has certainly not been overused in Marvel history. And I have generally enjoyed when we've seen her, so uh, I'm I'm fully on board this this little arc for sure. There is there's one panel when when they when they first start walking because he's the boy shut up is trying to get her to go um to to go south and and she's saying no we're going back toward where she right. knows which is north. But as they're walking, there's a uh, there's a page with three panels at the bottom. You see a hand crawling. Um, or pulling a body and then you get to the last panel and the body has a rat, two rats on top and one sticking out of the back of the zombie's arm. And it is just some freaky shit that Kev drew in this issue when Mm -hmm. it came to the zombies. It's, it's just absolutely nuts. And that's either the blob or it's a fat bald. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it could be Wilson. Sure. Who knows who it is? But it's right? got a, um, it's got like a, I think it's the blob because it's got that, that, that big Martin, show, like, like Black Unitard. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's true. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, so I thought this was a nice, again, probably one that's not going to burn the sales charts because of the characters. Although maybe it being Marvel Zombies, which seems to have a pretty loyal following, but, uh, but it was cool. And we saw, um, just when Elsa thought she had, uh, Run out of options. She something happens with with her bloodstone that yeah. it gives her a new lease on life. If memory serves, the bloodstone was a meteor. That makes sense. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. And in this, and in this, he he when he's admonishing seven year old Elsa, 
he's talked Ulysses is talking about the fact that he's chipped off shards from his chest and given them to however many sons there were, and every one of them ended up dying. And if she's at, even though she's seven, she has to basically earn her right to have a piece of the bloodstone. Yeah. Um, so. Because Ulysses is old. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's like a, the good version of Vandal Savage. This character actually works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But sorry, Bill. Uh, the 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 crowning moment of this issue was seeing Otto. <laughs> all disgusting and decayed and one and only, a half tentacles left yeah he only has one tentacle and a nub of another and he still thinks he's superior it's great there's, so there there, there, there's got to be something about homeboy though and his uh i like dismantling of her uh of her gun so quickly yeah i like vince's idea i hadn't thought of it being franklin could be that would make sense if doom and strange recreated this world and made Doom a god, they would have had to have done something with Franklin. Although we've seen ca- Franklin, I was going to say yeah, the only problem is we see Franklin in every panel uh, playing with um, on Galactus. Franklin, yeah, yeah. We see we see one version of Franklin, but there's only one. It's like Noah's Ark. There's only been one version of everybody. I don't know. Could you say that about no. Modok? Because you've got Modok assassin, you've got the Modok yeah. in Colosseum, and then you've got the Modok from Battleworld. Uh, Secret Wars Battle World, the first issue, the anthology. I think that's, I, yeah. And we can, but I mean, that's, that's, that's one example. Maybe we've only seen multiple Modocs. Have we seen, um, oh, oh wait, no, 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 because there was an auto in Modoc Assassin also. No, you know what? No, no, yeah. you're right, because we've seen multiple Hulks, uh, Banner Hulks. We've seen multiple Tony Stark. So no, you're, you're right. It, it actually can be different. Yeah. We have seen multiples of the, all those characters, so. It, you know, it's pretty early in the event, but it's already getting very difficult to keep track yeah, yeah. of everything. Because um, maybe because I'm reading all of them. Usually I pick and choose, mm-hmm. but this is just too good. I'm just devouring them all. The, the, does Franklin have green eyes? I'm not, oh, he's blue? I don't, I don't know. Don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Do he's got know. dirty knees, too. Well, hmm. that. Like mom. So the... Uh, it, the oh, stop it. <laughs> Jesus. He just, it, my, my balls just went <laughs> right, up, right up into my chin. Oh, man. Good job, Marvel. So, Jason, can we talk about that one image book? That's not until that, tomorrow? That was, uh, oh, we can't? No, we can. By the time people hear this, it'll be out. Is it tomorrow, though? Because I know sometimes they release them a little yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah, no, it's okay. tomorrow. All right. mm-hmm. It was at the shop today, but we couldn't touch right. it. Mm-hmm. So you cheated and read it anyway. You talking about Southern Bastards number nine? Yes. Oh boy. This is my <laughs> shit, dude. I, Jason Aaron is just, it's like, it's not a bad thing, but it's, it's always a struggle for me not to give him the, my favorite writer every year we do 11 o'clock Uh, he's definitely, definitely been my favorite writer of the lifespan of our show. Okay. Um, that's fair. I mean, he's always in my top three or four when I, when I'm thinking about who I want to, Put up there and has won several times. And um, y- this book is a lot different than than Scalped. I think when they when they previewed this book and were hyping it with the Image Expo, some people thought that this was going to be in that same vein. Um, and Jason, when he was on our show, said that wouldn't be the case. He said it would be related to from a, a stylistic standpoint, but this would be funnier and frankly would be um, 
more morally reprehensible, which is a fairly exciting prospect. If you've seen what went on in Scout, then you know that that's a fairly tall order. Um, and, and we have loved the first two arcs for sure. And one of the nice things about this ninth issue is it reinforces as the, I guess, fifth issue did that they're in for the long haul here. This is akin to one of those now seemingly defunct vertigo models where a creator knows they're going to get a long opportunity over many years to tell their story. And they're just, he's still in setup mode. Um, this just as the first two arcs gave us a close look at uh, a particular character. Um, this gives us a look into essentially a new character for, for us um, is the sheriff. And it's, it's another heartbreaking, uh, heartbreaking story. And one that if there's one commonality throughout these two arcs, plus this new issue of the third arc, it's that coach boss is as deplorable a human being as has ever walked the earth. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Previous to this issue, I always thought Hardy was a worm, a spineless lap dog. Mm -hmm. But after reading this issue, I can't really say I like the character, but I can I can understand why he was subservient to to coach. Um, he basically had his entire future eliminated, you know, with the swing of a baseball bat. Yeah, yeah and so just to to be clear, so Hardy is the sheriff. Now I don't do. Did we did we know he was Big's son though? Before? No. No. I didn't think so. Okay. So, so I get spoilers, right? I guess we should, <laughs> we're pretty much spoiling the book. So, um, but yeah, Hardy was, what? where did you get that? What do you mean? Where does it, where is it indicated that he was big son? Throughout the whole book. How did I miss that? I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Keep, keep going. They were at the, well, I mean, the, the, the first one is right on the, um, Pretty much on the second, uh, third page, Vince, where, uh. Yeah, he calls him son, yeah. but that's, that's just a manner of speaking. You, you, he says, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm sorry, I couldn't never help you get there. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't, uh, that's not conclusive for me. <laughs> All right. Well, either way, you could be right. I took it. To no, I don't want to be right or wrong. I just yeah. want. I, but either I way, you, but 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 uh, but Big, who is is uh, Coach Boss's mentor, also his defensive coordinator. Um, is, is, and I'm sorry. In, in Vince's defense, though, I mean, you would think at the at at the crime scene that uh, that boss would say something to the sheriff along like, "Well, it's your daddy laying here." Yeah, yeah or, that's true. Uh, that's true. All right, so maybe I read that wrong. Yeah, that's true. No, or, or the sheriff would have reacted with something more than Jesus just Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I, I don't know. No, we'll no, you, you know what? I think you swayed me the other way. But he, Okay, so yeah, but either way, Big is dead. He did. He did. <laughs> he did. And uh, Boss is not having it. And Boss is blaming the 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 Wetumpka oh, uh, County locals because Wetumpka is uh, their rival football rival and they're about to play them that week and he thinks that this was a situation of the Wetumpka uh, people killing him to help break a 13 I think 13 year winning streak for Coach Boss against them 
Uh, I've beaten him 19 straight at this point. 19, there you go. Two out of 39 times, including the playoffs. Yeah. So, and, and, but Hardy is, uh, is, is a broken man. He's a corrupt cop, absolutely. But, uh, but we get a glimpse into his past and like everybody with boss is his, well, and there's, there's somewhat analogous to boss. You know, boss's view is that, listen, I never got to play college football and, uh, you don't either. And so Hardy in high school was the best player in the story town's history. He was an unstoppable running back. He had a dozen scholarships to go play for big colleges. And even boss says you're, you're a bet, you're one of the few people I'll say was a better player than I was. And then, uh, he sees fit to have some of his hooligans shatter Hardy's knee so that he can never play football. And keep him in under his under his loop so that he can have another loyal sub, sub, uh, servant. Uh, it's a it's a horrible thing, right? It's a horrible thing, and um, it's just heartbreaking, I, I think. And one thing about this book, uh, I, we're talking a lot about the story, but I love Latour's choices with this book. Oh yeah, and um, and I think he's really coming to his own with this book. It's it's one of those rare commingling of of words and pictures that if you take one away it would be far less effective oh definitely definitely and and i think latour just wrapped up he wrote an issue recently as well hasn't Mm. hit the stands yet but um but you know the the color palette on this book with the red is just so overwhelming right it's just a it's such a red book um and it's particularly with the football scenes right it's it's just uh, flashbacks yeah yeah um it's just an interesting choice because it really does look distinctive against all the other books on your stack. Usually from a color palette perspective. Yeah. It's a great red too. It's, it's, it has gray in it mm-hmm. yeah. more, more often than not. There's a little bit of gray in the red and it's just, wow, it, it screams, but it's almost understated sometimes. And if you notice on the flashback pages with, um, where the sheriff's going into, you know, I was a great running back and with the, uh, the girl, um, the love interest, oh, there's no the black, back. there's no, 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 no. With when, when we see the, the beating. Oh. When, when there's no black lines on that. Right. They're, oh, right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're knocked down to the point where they don't, they're not 100% black, which is freaking amazing on the page. And one of the things I love about Latour is how confident he is in, in storytelling. That, yeah. that, that last page. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's not the last page. Um, well, maybe it is. Hold on one second. Uh, no, it is. It's, um, where he, he walks, he op- walks into his door at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at the layout of that page, right? I mean, most of the characters are almost completely in shadow. I mean, this is, this is, I've compared, I've compared Jason to Eduardo Riso before, and I think this is an apt page to illustrate why I say that. This is classic Riso, I think. This is 100 bullets type of stuff. Um, you know, the, the, the characters are veiled in shadow, but it's not at the expense of, of, of the emotion of the moment. Um, you've got him standing in a door frame with a door and a, a square light switch, but the rest mm-hmm. of the whole page is white space. It's beautiful. He doesn't take the time to over render the whole room, which would effectively take away from he wants you to zero in on the other people in that room and slap you across the face with the reality that Hardy faces at home. Um, You're right. It's just, I think it's just a masterful, it's less is more. You know, Somni does it really well. Um, you know, uh, uh, Franco Villa does it really well. Gabriel does it really well. Guys that can embrace negative space 
and the use of, of, of shadows and blacks. It's just, it's, it's a great thing. It's, it's an underappreciated, uh, component to some of the better, uh, cartoonists in the biz these days. Yeah. And, uh, and Latour's right up there. I really do think he's right up there. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to insult him by continuing to compare him to Risto because he's his own artist, but, but, uh, but of all the, the currently working artists that I read on a regular basis, he's the one that gets me as excited as I was when I was reading Risto's Hundred Bullets. You know, so. I would have done one thing different on that page. Mm-hmm. Not, not to compare me to Latour at all, but you see where the sheriff's arm runs parallel with the door frame? Mm-hmm. I would have bent that arm so it pierced that line going straight down. Ah. Just, okay. just, crook, just crook the arm just a little bit so the elbow just pierced that line, and then the the forearm would have still led you down into the. It's because that that line that that strong vertical it just bugs me. Mm. A little bit. You hear that, Jason? No, step up your game, I, son. Who's getting published? But I gotta say, what's going on with the baby? That is a huge fucking baby. And it's a big baby. Well, <laughs> dude, Hardy's giant. I mean, again, this that's is, what yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if the, if the 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 son has a problem. Oh no. no! I just take it. No, I'm just saying that could add another wrinkle to the could. yeah to the story. That's true. Yeah. That's and true. he one thing that bothered me about the sheriff was, um, when he says a man with nothing left to his name that he gives two shits about, and then we see the family, which implies uh, he we know he doesn't wear his wedding ring on the job, right. which implies that he has no feelings for anyone in that last page. Sure. That's. That's hardcore. Mm-hmm. It, this this book, I mean, the, the there are very very few. I don't think there's any bright spots in this book yet so far. Uh, Except the daughter, the daughter, right. right, right. But we only saw her for a panel. Uh, no, or, or we see her. Uh, we see her in the second arc for a minute. That's what I mean. Just like here I am, I exist. So we we haven't come to 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 know this person yet. So I'm sure there will be some bright spots, but man, it's just one downtrodden person after another under the heel of this scumbag. Yeah, yeah he, really, he is. He, he is the definition of a piece of shit. He is just yeah. a miserable and uh, miserable said, company. If you want, it, it's just <laughs> it's a mess, man. It is. Hmm. I said to David on the, the Facebook Messenger today. I said I want him dead. I want yeah. Coach dead, dead, dead. But before they they kill him, I want him exposed and shamed before the entire town. Right. As as the 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 disgusting subhuman thing that he is. Absolutely. And and coincident with the release of this, they announced today. Jason announced that um, the beautiful, what looks to be beautiful, uh, oversized hardcover of the first eight issues. Will be hitting uh, the shelf soon. I assume it'll be in next this coming month. Right? Yeah, says, that would make yeah. sense. Um, yeah, double, double dip. dip yeah. I know. Fucking double yeah. dip. But, yeah. but, but at least it's two arcs Triple. instead of the first just volume. The, the cover is pretty neat because it looks like a program, um, and it's uh, it's it's got the um, the W's for. I'm, I'm. It's either a hardcore fan or the coach's um, coach boss's book, but it's got the. Uh, the little ads on it. it. It's one of the more, um, not colorful, but I guess I, more, there's more on this cover than I remember seeing in past covers. I, I want to say 
it's more striking than the others because they've all looked great, especially with with the splashes of white or the red. Um, it's more design based. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but wow, what a design! Yeah, and the consistency in the story. I mean, because when it is pretty much a day in the life, or, or in a night in, in the life of of Hardy, and, and what he has to go through in the flashback, but the uh, the final scene he has with a boss at the end of the issue before he goes home, um, where he mouths off and boss stacks him. He's Hardy's a little disheveled. His shirt's untucked, and his shirt stays untucked until he gets home. And it's like, at no point did I give a shit about you know tucking my shirt and making myself look presentable. I'm coming home mm-hmm. to my wife, my kids, and and you know, that's that this this is my life. And um, he 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 he's not going to kill himself, but he really doesn't give a shit. And no, see, I was wondering when Coach shows him the body. Mm-hmm. Look what happened to Big. Get in here. With the history these two characters have mm-hmm. and the setting, which would be really conducive. I mean, if they're going to fake a murder, it, Coach Boss wants to say, you know, we got a big game coming up. This is not a suicide. This is a murder. And you're going to make it one. And you're going to find out who did it. Why didn't the sheriff just blow him away? And say, look, I, I I saw Coach Boss over Big. He had a gun in his hand. I mean, it would be it would be easier to to fake the fact that Coach Boss killed him than it would be to find you know a, a, an invisible murderer. Because he's not a murderer. He he he, he could have. Saw- he's still a cop. Yeah, but what Coach did to him though, he, he's a piss poor cop. Yeah, but he, he became is, a but- cop after he he let a man boss. get murdered in the street. Sure, but I think the answer to your question is that um, bosses got control of this town in in so many ways that uh, they've all been conditioned to think that it's almost their status quo. And it's um, the devil say, you know is better than the devil you don't. It's just, yeah. it's just yeah. part. Of I don't know. Life. I I had a gun in my hand. I would have I would have yes, thought would. long and long I, and hard about just taking him out. You, mm-hmm. you say Hardy watched someone get killed in the street. It's not like it was it was two kids fighting each other and he was it was coach boss killing someone in the street there's there's... but he he has a job to do and his job is to protect no but he's no his job is his job is to keep boss from getting exactly right so here's the source of all his pain since since he's been a teenager in a room with ample evidence to suggest that he murdered big and he just well i'm betting that at some point many years down the road when boss gets his comeuppance We'll have a moment of quasi redemption from Hardy. He's not going to be the one to give him the comeuppance. But if he gonna, lasts that long, maybe. But I'm saying, but I would bet that he'll have a moment where he turns the other cheek, or lingers before showing up to the scene. What, whatever, in some way to to say what's done is done. I, but I don't see this guy as being the having the internal fortitude to take matters into his own hands. Because to your yeah, point, then why why wouldn't he have done it over the last 25 years? Yeah. A lot of self-loathing. But to, for for boss to not only be in denial so to such a degree where he he's convinced himself he refuses to 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 view Biggs as as having committed suicide. He he, he believes it. He's making himself believe it to be a murder, 
because this game is so fucking important. It's like, it's not that, it's not that someone he's known for most of mm-hmm. his life is now dead. It is, it's just, right it's, it's man. all yeah. about the fucking mm-hmm. game. It's all about how it's just, it's me versus them. It's me, it's me and my record versus everyone else. And, and it, it, I just, I can't, I can't deal with it being a suicide. I need it to be a murder because that just makes it neat and it gives me a purpose and I need to show that. Now not only am I beating with Tumpka on the field like I always do, now now it's redemption. I'm getting revenge for and it's just he is such a warped fucking I don't even want to say person. It's just I I can't he is if if this book wasn't so fucking good, if I didn't want to see what happens with Earl's daughter, and when she comes to this town and finds out what's going on, if I didn't want to know, if if the Jasons did not keep me coming back, a boss is enough for me to just say, "Fuck you." I have better things to do with my time than read a book with you in it, and and I'd move on. But it everything else about this and around this character is, um, it's just they, the creators have have me so roped in so it's it's and it's even more impactful after the last issue where where we got a little bit you thought maybe maybe yeah yeah with 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 boss and his father i'm um coach and his father uh there was i almost cheered for crashing back almost almost a few pages in and and it's no just like that you're back to the way it was i think um, one of the underpinnings of aaron's strength as a storyteller is whether it's subconscious or not, he goes out of his way to make his characters realistic, meaning that they're not archetypes. The villains aren't purely evil uh, or portrayed that way. The the heroes aren't um, Superman-esque, incapable of any moral wrongdoing. You know, they're very... that everybody is is human. They 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 have moments, and we get to see those, whether they be reflections of a past that is no longer relevant, or it be something in the present that that shows that good people can make really poor decisions, uh, and 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 vice versa. Even the most corrupt uh, and vicious people have had some point in their life where we would view them sympathetically. And I think that Aaron is awesome at that. He's it, it's 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 been an undercurrent throughout all of the storytelling. Uh, even into Marvel, I mean, even with Wolverine and the Hulk, I think you could see those same things there. Um, so, it's true. I, I want to know what happened between Hardy and Miss and Compson. Well, that's the yeah. thing. I'm thinking that um, that was that was his lady love, that was his girlfriend in high school, but he went and got someone else pregnant, and that's that's the family he has now. Because something else also happened with the bank manager and her sister, as he's because he asked her. When, when they're in the, uh, with the safety, when, when they're in the safe, he asks right. her about her sister and then the sisters and their dead father are referenced when, uh, boss and Hardy are talking before Hardy's mm-hmm. misfortune. So yeah, I'm thinking over the next few issues that will, um, that will definitely be, uh, explained and maybe not completely laid out for us, but it will, um, Right. I'm, I'm thinking that something really devastating had to happen to the sister because 
maybe I'm just reading into it, but when he says, how's your sister these days, that lends me to believe that there may be some kind of a medical issue, right. meaning meaning she got the shit kicked out of her by somebody under Coach or maybe even Coach himself to get at at, at him because uh, what is it, Compton, Compton? What, what is her name? Um, Compson. She's not even giving him the time of day. Nope. I mean, she is. No, she's not trying to I, have it. She's ice cold to him. And yeah, a failed relationship. You, you'd be salty to, to someone, but I don't think you treat them this bad. There has right. to be another, another layer to this thing. Yeah, it's fucked agreed. up. And I hope that in this, uh, deluxe, um, Southern Bastards, what is it? One to nine. They really to need eight. to include. One to eight, they really need to include the letters pages in that. Because the letters in this in this comic here are great. It is a great letter column. It adds so much to the to the the book. It does. This this letters it's not, this letters column's awesome. Uh the the letters column in um um God no the the name was escaping me. The uh the remainder book, um uh, Oh, oh, Deadly Class. Deadly class, thank you. Yeah, uh, that. I mean, that Rick is pouring his heart out in that book. I mean, in those letters. I, I if you're not yeah. reading them and you like Rick Remender and are curious about getting to know a creator at a level that you wouldn't otherwise, uh, he's not pulling any punches. I mean, he, the letters column in this last issue, um, as someone who considers Rick, uh, you know, a friend at least on, you know, not not like a, we're not. He's not my homeboy, but you know, someone that we're friendly with when we see him. Uh, I, I, I was. Kind of welling up when I was reading some of it, like I was taken aback by some of the stuff that he talks about in that. And I guess since it's in the back of a book, it, I don't know why I'm being evasive about it, but I almost feel like if you're not going to take the time to read the letter, you don't deserve to get that window into his personal life. Yeah, but but, no, but either way, it's uh, yeah, these these letter columns are great, man. It's old school stuff yep. that uh, it's 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 an extra bonus for sure that I I love that they're all doing. I'm strong writing. Too. I'm surprised Vince didn't uh, throw the issue across the room because in the letters column. Uh, they respond to a letter saying that nothing will ever make golf good. <laughs> I don't love golf that much. Uh, I mean, I like it. <laughs> you know, hey, you want to shit on golf? Go ahead. You know, oh, okay. All right. If, if, if Jason was bowling. Wanted, yeah. No, if it was bowling. It's all funny and shit. I, right? I have an issue Oh, that. speaking of bowling, I watched um, The Big Lebowski the other day. Oh, that's nice. an awesome movie. That is a great movie. It really is. David, we got to talk about Starve. Okay, we can talk about Starve. Go ahead. Because uh, set, setting it up, Starve number one, uh, written by my cousin, Brian Wood. Yes. My distant cousin, my estranged cousin. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of only two people on the earth that, that has banned me on Twitter. It's a story for another <laughs> day, though. Um, uh, art by Daniel Zezil. I, I, I'm sure I'm destroying that name. It's Croatian. He's a Croatian. Artist, uh, it's D-A-N-I-J-E-L, which I'm pretty sure is Daniel. Um, yep. and then Z-E-Z-E-L-J, which I'm saying Zezuls, I have no idea if that's right. Um, but and we've Dave seen, Stewart, my God. yes, and Dave Stewart, absolutely. We, and we've seen Zezuls in, in a bunch of different places. Um, uh, he did some of that book Loveless, which I think you guys dug, right? Yep, Congo Bill. Uh-huh. Um, he did some Northlanders. He was the fill-in artist on Scalped. Uh, he was also the fill-in artist on DMZ, which I was a big fan of. He was the second artist 
maybe the third, but he was, he followed, uh, he was, he did a, an arc of the massive as well. So he's, he's worked with Brian on a number of different projects. They, they clearly are, are collab, collaborators. He, he was also the last artist on that Warren Ellis book that never got finished. Which one was that? Uh, so that's why I said the last, the Warren Ellis book that never got finished. The Wildstorm Warren Ellis book. That started oh, Desolation really Jones? Yes, he, yes, was, he was. Oh, really? Zealous Zell- Zell- was the, oh. the last Yes, that's yes. right. And he did Negative Burn as well. Yep. But, but, it, but so, um, the book is, um, Vince made a horribly miscalculated statement last week by saying it had been a while since Image had really put out a hot new book. And I was like, you're out of your mind. But this is another number one. Uh, it's called Starve. And the premise, <laughs> I got you laughing all kinds of places. The premise, it was, David, I don't know if you got this vibe, but I, in the, in the first 10 pages or so, I got a real transmit vibe from this whole thing. Um, and, and this, we're, we're presented with a, uh, a character named Cruikshank, Gavin Cruikshank. Um, that, and he is doing shots in a, uh, some kind of Southeast Asian shanty town, um, doing crazy, crazy shots, trying to have a drinking contest. And, uh, he is found, um, by some people that have been looking for him for a long time. And as it turns out, he was up until the point he went into seclusion, uh, to live a life of a hermit and drink his way seemingly to death. He was a insanely wealthy celebrity chef. He was the host of the number one TV show in the world, which was a cooking show called Starve. And uh, for reasons we find out in the first issue, he abandoned all that at some point and decided to go off the grid. But they have brought him back onto the grid. And so I, I was intrigued by this book ever since I saw the solicit. And I know David was keen on reading it too because he and I, uh, we don't talk about it a lot on the show, but we, we both are fans of the, the food network, uh, litany of, of, of guilty pleasures like Chopped and Cutthroat Kitchen and Food Network Star. So we often are sending boo grams back and forth to one another talking about those shows. So this is right up our alley. Comics plus, plus cooking is, is, is a sweet spot. But there is a component of this first issue that when I read it, I couldn't not think the second I saw the page, holy shit, David is going to hate this book. Right. And, and I prefaced that on our, our intro show discussions between the three of us, um, and alluded to the fact like, oh, I know a book that you're not going to want to really ta- chat about. And David essentially said, don't judge me, fool. And told <laughs> me, nah, son, I actually dug the book. I can understand why you think the way you think, and we'll get into why on the show. So the floor is yours, sir. It's, it's nothing that uh, um, there's nothing deep about it, and and Mario even texted me and said that uh, by all that is holy, basically, do not read Star Number One. Um, and and I was honestly surprised that that Mario did read the issue, um, mostly because of the writer. But, uh, we won't get into that, but it's, um, but yes, there is a, uh, like Jason said, they, the, uh, the network finds Gavin, has him, uh, needs him to come home. He hasn't, he hasn't fulfilled this contract. And, um, he's it's basically like the Sean Connery bond, bro. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he, uh, he's not gonna get any more money. He, um, he's, the way it was explained in, in our, our introduction to Gavin and, um, and his world, I, I thought we've all read internal monologues. We've all read narrations like that. It, but this, I, in conjunction with the art, really, um, really helped move things along. And I, I, I enjoyed the, uh, the environment we were in. I, I, I dug the atmosphere a lot of the book. And, um, and there's a whole, there's a, there was a, been a pretty, pretty big shift because, uh, there's been a huge economic collapse and, and shit is just a mess worldwide. Um, it didn't actually say it, but I'm guessing it's, it's, in the not so very distant future, I, I got the feel for it. Yeah. It's not, it's not present day, but it's, it's definitely not, uh, it's, it's not it's sci-fi. Not, it's not right. sci-fi. Book, right. Yeah. I mean, even though, even, even though the intro, I didn't really get a transmit vibe. It was, it was definitely a, um, a Blade Runner-esque. Everything's fucking crowded as hell. But I mean, we were in Southeast Asia and like you said, the shanty town. So people are going to be stacked on top of each other in that regard. But, um, we get back to the States and, and Gavin is going to, um, I guess fulfill his end of the bargain. He's going to go do the show because he doesn't want his, uh, his ex-wife, um, to take it all. And, and he wants to, um, reconnect with his daughter. Um, his wife, in some cases, you know, rightfully so, she is very angry. She is a, um, she, she's definitely a woman scorned. She gave half her life to this man and his career. And he's pretty much aside from a daughter, didn't do shit in return for her, except make her rich because of the fruits of his labors. Um, right. And to be, she was, she was a beard, right? Let's, let's stay with Yeah. She, she said, you know, 20 years into our marriage, you finally decided to come out. So, you know, it was all great for him because now, Hey, I'm going to live my life and this is who I am. But you know, fuck you woman and everything that I, I gave that, that I caused you because now, you know, you have to live your life after picking up these pieces. So, um, she, uh, she's bitter. And, and again, it, that's, I'm sure that is how people would react. And, um, but he's also presumed dead, which is interesting in how he's like, and his lawyer's like, well, we'll just fight that. And you're like, yeah, that's going to take a lot of time. So some of it, you kind of also just have to go with the flow as far as what the characters are telling you. But, um, his, uh, Gavin's daughter, um, her, uh, her godfather, uh, Algiers, he is the, uh, he's the new host of Starve. Um, and probably with his, uh, because it's kind of his wife's show now that, uh, Algiers is probably the host because of the nature of Gavin's and, uh, Algiers' relationship. They, um, they've been in competition pretty much their entire lives, you know, culinary school and, 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 books and kitchens and, and just everything that they've done that they've been trying to attain. They've, they've kind of been neck and neck. And, um, so with Gavin being away, it went to his, uh, his rival, uh, and they've had to make some changes to the show because of the, the whole, um, shift with the, um, the economy and all the other collapsing that, uh, that the, to bring Gavin back to the show, you have to, um, they want you to elevate the mundane. 
you know, a great chef should be able to, the, the, the challenge is to make a great meal out of whatever ingredients you have, which, you know, if, if we watch, like, like Jason said, you know, if you watch, um, chopped, chopped or, or, or top chef when they, you know, I have the little eliminate the, the quick fire challenges, things like that. Listen, here's a basket of coconut water, M&Ms and dry ice <laughs> and, you know, and now make me dessert. And it's, it's so, um, the, the, uh, the big reveal, um, is that, uh, the meal you have to prepare is with dog yep. and dog and, people. Yeah. And, and the reason why, the reasons why, um, this did not offend me. And it's it shown not, graphically, which is why I thought it, you would hate it. It is. It, it's, it's shown, but it's not like it, but it, but the dog's been skinned. So it could very well be. It, no, I know it's 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 strange, but this is why I'm saying that right, this right. didn't. It, and but we and see the dog's head. You see the dog's head. You turn the page, and you see right. you know a, a, a Pluto looking dog. But it, it's a um, it's you know it. You, you're just looking at at, at the muscle of the meat. You're looking at a non furry dog. And when I was trying to explain to Renee. That, uh, you know, why, 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 why Jason was probably surprised. I, I, I read the issue and stuck to the end and why Mario didn't want me to read it. Um, because she doesn't, she's not familiar with the art. And that's the other thing. The art isn't, isn't super realistic where I, I also didn't get like the reason why I won't read We Three. You know, I, I love Quietly's artwork, but. To see him draw expressive animal faces and have these animals be tortured and do and, and go through what they go through, I can't deal with that. I, I you know, you, you watch Watership Down, you watch, you know, you watch something mm-hmm. where you know you just see the animals and the expressions on their faces. Um, the art here is is extreme and and exaggerated enough where I I just saw this as lines on a page. There was no. There was no emotional attachment, and you did. I, it's not like this was his daughter's dog. This wasn't Angie's dog. This was you know, this was just hey, you guys go to cook dog, and so I don't know who's. I don't know if this is a pet. I don't know if this is a stray. So these were little things that were also going on as I was reading it that that helped me, I guess, get through it. If if it's not that extreme, but it, it's just these are things why I wouldn't a why I wouldn't be able to read Beast of Burden, but I had no problem with this one page of of, of a dog on, on on a cookie sheet, on a, on a baking pan, ready to be sliced up for for dinner. Um, you know, I I know you a long time, yeah. And because we're so familiar and tight, you rarely surprise me in in your um in your dialogue on this show. Name checking Watership Down surprised me. Huh, really? Yes. Really? Yeah. For some reason, you just bringing that movie up as not only acknowledging it, but, oh, you know, that. Oh, are scratching each other. See, but now you're doing it again. The, the fact that you actually made an attempt to watch it, that surprised oh, me. Oh, well, yeah, but I was, I was way young. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was this was before I had so many pets. Almost as surprising as your views on Airboy last week. <laughs> If you want to get into that, uh, but so, uh, but it's it's um, so yeah. So the, this was my mindset as I was reading it. It, it was, um, 
you know, if this was, if this was Southern Bastards and, 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 you know, we, we go to Boss's BBQ and we find out, you know, the dog that we shoot in the first couple issues is now being served for dinner, I'd have a problem with that. This, not so much, because I don't know whose dog this is. Aside from seeing the dog's head, I don't know. I mean, this, this, this looks like a small it. kangaroo. It could be anything. Surprised so if we get a backstory in the, for, in the issue two on the dog. Then it's then. Angie's dog, yeah. Then, then I'll, I'll probably, yeah, I'll be like, all right, well, this is a great two issues. Issue and a half. But, uh, so. But I thought it was a strong first issue. I uh, did so. And, and it, it essentially, this, we get a lot of story in this first issue setting up what I imagine will not be that long of a series. At least it doesn't, it, it doesn't seem like we're going to be in it for that long. Because it, they're, they're, they're setting it up for beginning, middle, and end. You, you know right, what Gavin's right. end game is. So yeah. He's going to honor his contract. He's got eight issue, eight episodes he has to do. And he says, uh, I'm not, I won't play the game they want, the way they want me to play. This is my fucking show. I'm going to do my eight episodes and burn this whole place to the ground. That's right. Watch. Yep. And I think that's a amazing way to end that. That's, that's the elevator pitch for the ship, for the, for the rest of the series. That's, we're going to see him essentially take down what made him who he was in the first place. And, uh, or at least die trying or at least try really hard. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so, and, and I, you know, Zezul's art, um, again, if you, if you've read, seen it before, no surprise, but if you've, um, if you've not seen it, it it's, it's, it's graphic, right? It's not, not graphic in a, in a, uh, I mean, graphical. It's, it's not, um, it's, it's, it's got a, like almost like a pop graphic element to it. Um, yeah. I can't front. I, I recognize. You're not a fan of the art. No. Right. No. Yeah. That doesn't I, surprise me. This isn't your speed of art for sure. I, I recognize the man's skill, mm-hmm. but, and, and he is very similar in approach to Alex Nino. He uses mm-hmm. shapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Much, yeah, yeah. much like Alex Nino does, but with, in my opinion, with far less line and finesse. What, the, I mean, this, this issue did not change my opinion on Zelzer's artwork, but, it just reinforced what it did do. It reinforced the fact that Dave Stewart is an extremely oh, I agree. Oh, yeah, this can you're right. Canny colorist. You're right. Um, you cannot approach Daniel's art the way he does most other art. He uses blacks far too heavily. He does, and Stewart knows this. He took a look at the art and said, "All right, I I, I really can't have an extensive palette here. I got to limit it to like." A mere handful of colors because if you went full spectrum color on this, it wouldn't work. No. It would fall flat. Mm-hmm. And and Stuart knows this. I mean, I'm I'm not going to shit on on Daniel. He's good, but he's just he uses far too many blacks for me. Well, he he lets the black do way too much of the heavy. Well, light. I will say this since we just talked about a number of artists that 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 use negative space and then use blacks well. Uh, I agree. He's heavy handed with it. And, and that's why I was bringing it up. I, I do, I genuinely enjoy this. I, I thought the art looked great, but, but I recognize that this is a guy who I would put in that camp of subjective where, where I wouldn't, if someone on our forums or on Facebook or something responds to this episode says, yeah, I, I read the first issue, but I just not feeling the art. I wouldn't fight that. Like you, you right. tell me you don't feel, you know, Gabriel's art or, or you don't feel Jimmy Chung's art or you don't, you know, then I got, then I want to fight with you because you don't make any sense. Like it doesn't right. make any sense, but, but this, I, I could get it. I mean, this to me is, is definitely not, um, 
commercially accessible on a level where I would expect most people to like it. So I, I get that, and I'm, I'm with you on that. Like it, but I, but I, it, I haven't enjoyed it. And and I will the one thing I will say that he that I got to give him credit for is I do find him from a structural storytelling perspective to be to be very effective here. I think he sure. he does a great job with with his choices of layouts, his choices of angles in terms of uh, where where, where he sh- where he's showing us where he's drawing our eye. So I give him a lot of credit for that. But yes, the 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 aesthetic line art itself is is certainly not for everyone I'm, I'm right yeah. well it does fit within the brian wood universe yeah i mean absolutely the, and uh i don't know if you read unknown soldier uh i did i read the you mean the the most recent remake yeah, yeah the, i read the first two i have it all i think i read at least the two for the first two trades worth for sure though now there were sequences many sequences in that that were that took place in blazing sunlight and Daniel approached it the same way he does this. Mm-hmm. Like there, there would not, there would be very harsh shadows, but they would be very limited. And yet it looked just like this book. So, I mean, he doesn't alter his approach based on the atmosphere. It's, it's, it's hard blacks or nothing at all with this guy. And I, like I said, I'm, it, there's skill involved. He's a great storyteller, but his, his depiction of, his choice of depic- depicting the, the worlds in which he illustrates is just not my not my cuppa. Fair enough. It, it, it's too too either or. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, like I said, I'm not going to begrudge you for that. I, I, I do think this really worked for me though on all levels. Um, it sounded like even with the doghead, David was cool with it. So, <laughs> which surprises <Yeah>. me. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Seriously, wasn't really surprised. But. And, and then he's going for some uh, dark tartar at the end of the issue. But it, it's it's not an issue. It, it's not a book that would work in black and white. Stewart absolutely is a star of this. I mean, everything you guys have said about the art, about Daniel's art, is is spot on. There's there's a lot. You know, he doesn't. You're not going to get any cross hatching. You're not going to. He's not going to draw every little bit. If if the, if he can, you know, save time and and shadow in a nose, and that, that's what you're going to get. And um. And Stewart, though, with, with the spotlights behind everybody or, or just, you know, the different, um, skin tones and complexions or, or if he needs to highlight a face, it, it works. It's, it's not a, um, it wouldn't work with the traditional pop color and it wouldn't work as a, um, as a black and white book. But it, uh, I think as far as from the beginning of the issue where we're in this, Godforsaken hellhole, and then we're in front of a bunch of bright lights at the end. I, I think uh, they told the story from from start to finish. Wood, as um, you know, it's 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 a concept I'm I'm keen on. I don't, you know, I'm hoping we're not going to get too many animals or well, any pets for um, served up. But I mean, you know, well, I just need to see where uh, where we're going, and I I, I like and then. If you pay in, in this first issue, I, I like Gavin and, and I'm curious to see where he is going with, with, with this, with his plan. And, and, um, you know, for whatever he left and, and now he's back and, and, uh, whether you know, good or bad, I, I want to see, uh, his plan come to fruition or at least see how far he can take it. And, and, uh, and every, I, I like the characters in, in that sense. So I, um, no, I, I, I thought it was a, uh, another really good image first issue. 
Do you think there's a chance it may seg into cannibalism at one point? Because, I mean, if they're asking them to make a dish with dog just to rattle them, why know. wouldn't – that would be pretty it, cool. it, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, at, at this stage, the way the world is um, – I mean, and, and it's it's interesting that you know the like they, if they don't know where he's been, he's on the other side of the world. I'm sure this isn't the first time he's had dog, so I I, I don't know why they thought this would have um, been so such a shocking reveal. But uh, yeah, he's like, bring it. Yeah, like fuck it, I'll just I'll cook the hell out of myself and got some sushi now <laughs> going on. So it's. Uh, <laughs> And to be fair to everybody, he, he, he cuts a piece of the raw dog and throws it into his mouth when he's yep. making that soliloquy I already read. Yeah. So he brings it. Um, but no, I'll, um, if, uh, we'll find out this weekend. I don't think Mario's going to be back for issue two. I think it was more of a curiosity thing for him. Um, I, I, I don't want to speak for the guy. I will read the second issue. I, I, uh, see if it takes place immediately after the first or if you know it's after the episode airs and, and he's still shaking things out i don't know but i'll um they they made me interested I'll, I'll be back for the next issue nice very interesting respect it I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes yeah with date with david oh. yeah yeah <laughs> so what else do we have i have another image book Wow, and somebody's pouring something for something. Yeah, I got me some wine, yeah. Damn, dude, your mic is sensitive. It is, right? Gee, it's on the other side of the we table. We heard you scratching too. your balls a few minutes ago. Well, that was, was that my balls though? Um, I don't know, was, I don't know. Uh, it wasn't, it's not like a hang low. Well, uh, pubes are pubes. So we have, um. It's ridiculous. Right? <laughs> the, the, uh. We, we, we've talked about a bunch of image first issues. Here's a second issue. Um, this is, uh, the Warren Ellis, Declan Shalvey, and Jordy Belair's injection. Second issue. Um, what I really enjoyed about this issue, not, not so much that, um, we have a continuation of the first issue or, or it answered a lot of questions or anything that you may have after the first issue. Cause it, it, it does feel like it kind of jumps all over the place a little bit. You, you, you're dropped right in to, um, to a, a conversation, right? So if you didn't read the first issue, you're probably already going to be, or you don't remember much of the first issue. Like I do, you're probably already going to be lost, but we, um, what I enjoyed about the second issue, um, is, uh, this, this, this Vivek guy who is very much, and they compare him, uh, one, one of his, uh, acquaintances, colleagues compares him to, um, to Sherlock Holmes. And, uh, it's, it's not, if, if you watch Sherlock from BBC or you watch elementary, if, if you're familiar with any modern version of Sherlock Holmes, you, you definitely get that, um, monk-like autistic uh or uh, asperger's type of personality this guy has um we're introduced to him there is a um uh sim who is um simian who is, is is the uh the colleague i was mentioning uh he is going to infiltrate a um an enemy base that they're, they're holed up in a uh 
in a hotel room in, um, in Paris, I believe it's Paris. So they, uh, what impressed me about this issue is, is not so much what the story being told on the pages, but how Declan presented the story. And there were, um, Warren and, and Declan for that matter. Um, this is a big issue of, um, show don't tell. You're not, you see Sim whip out this, um, it, it kind of looks like a, um, a baton or, or a, uh, uh, an extending like nightstick. Um, he pushes a button on the side. It pops out. Now he's walking up the stairs doing this. Why, why he would like just test it like this makes no sense. But if he didn't do this in these three panels, well, two panels, he takes it out of his pocket and then panel one, he has it in his hand and then panel two with like Daredevil's billy club, it extends. If he didn't do that, then when you get a few pages later where he knocks on a door and like Robert De Niro and Heat trying to get the, uh, Wayne girl out of the hotel room, he's knocking on the door and someone goes up to the door and when he's looking through the eye hole, um, Sim has the, uh, the baton pressed up against the door and the way the panel's laid out, if you didn't know what the hell was in his hand from a few pages earlier, you wouldn't know that that just went through the door and into the bad guy's head. So there are just little things in this issue as they're telling this story that, that, that just really impressed me. I, I got to go back and read the actual story. I was just so in love with the, the, um, the artistic aspects of, of this issue. Then, then when he comes into the room, it's a very subtle image, but he walks, he, he Sim lets himself into the room. And as he's walking past the dude, he just killed. He's, in a very nonchalantly just kind of wiping the blood on the guy's shirt as he's walking past him. Whereas anybody else who just run past the guy, it, it, it's just, it really is little things like this that, that, that makes me two issues in. I'm in love with this book. I, I can't tell you jack about the characters. I can't tell you what they're after, who's doing what, if anybody's got any powers or, or what the big deal is. But, Declan's art is is the star of this for me, and and Jordy's colors just the way, because it's not really Declan's look from Moon Knight. It's not his look that's, that's from true. from his uh, uh, the Thunderbolts Secret Event Thunderbolts. It's not uh, it's not really a Declan style you're used to seeing, but it absolutely works probably because it's not so um, it's not superhero-y at all. It definitely feels like a Warren Ellis book. It reminds me in some cases a lot of. Uh, Global frequency more than anything else that, that, that Warren has, uh, has written recently. Um, but there is, this is a book that I'm going to need to reread just so that I can, uh, more so than trees. I mean, you know, I read trees, I read the issue, I get a sense of what's going on. I can read the next one without really having to think too hard about what I read the month before. This is a book where I'm probably going to just, because I'm very easily getting lost in it and and it's not because I, it's hard to follow it's just because i am so um enamored with each page nice sounds great yeah okay i, I mean art wise yeah it sounds great but i i just i yeah you can um i've yet to to 
crack the covers on those. I read the first issue. I have not read the second yet, so. There's but I will agree scene. with you. I'm sorry. There, oh. There's a fight scene where he's throwing the dude against the, where, 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 where Sim's getting thrown around and, and the perspective is not your usual, um, fight scene. Like you don't know if, but because it's a fight and, and Sim's getting thrown around, you're, you're not sure as the reader right side up. It, it, it's like when you're in an avalanche, you know, you gotta poke the snow and gravity will tell you if you're on your back or not but this is this is one of those things where it's just like i don't know what the hell it is but it it was a really cool fight scene and uh and and now i'll let you go jason that's a terrible feeling did you ever get like thrown in the water yes like very very yeah you don't know where the free yeah i hate that that's yeah no i was just going to say that having just read the first issue i i definitely would echo your two issue synopsis in the sense that um Declan's art's phenomenal, but the first issue left me scratching my head in that I don't really quite know what was happening. So I figured that once it becomes clear, I mean, he's a master. Uh, Warren Ellis is a master, so I'm not worried that that it'll all come together. But but the first issue, I I definitely didn't feel like I I grasped the narrative. Yeah, no, it might it might be one of those. Um, I got to let it pile up, and then I'll. It, it it might be a. Uh, better read in chunks type of thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. You got nothing else, Vince? Oh, I do, but I was I'm saving it for my in your travels because I'm I was going to go really long, but now I'll truncate it. But if you want me to talk about it, I, I will. Uh, why not? Okay. If um those within earshot are as enamored with the Mignolaverse as I, specifically Baltimore, mm-hmm. and have not read the original novel, the prose novel Baltimore, or the steadfast tin soldier and the vampire, I implore you to read it. Um, it's a bit of a head scratcher though, because it was the very first work published featuring the Henry Baltimore character, yet as far as the comics go, it takes place, well, volume four of the, of the comics. It's essentially, the Steadfast Tin Soldier is essentially Chapel of Bones, which was a two-issue miniseries written large, very, very large. Um, it's the tail end of his battle with the vampire Haggis, but oddly enough, Haggis is never mentioned by name in this book. It's it's just the um, the great evil that turned Henry Baltimore. And if you know the story, Baltimore was a soldier in the uh, for the Allied forces during World War One, and uh, Battle of Ardennes. His company, he was a captain. His company was sneaking up on a bunch of Germans who were entrenched. Um, in this field, I think, I believe they called it no man's land and, and they had to cut the barbed wire to, to sneak up on these Germans, but the Germans knew they were coming and they blow away everyone in, in Henry Baltimore's, um, group with the exception of Baltimore somehow survives and he's, but he's wounded and he's losing blood and he's in and out of, um, consciousness and the 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 bodies of his men the, the the just heaped in piles and he comes out of it and to witness these gigantic vampire bats preying on the 
the dead uh, in his company. And um, he musters whatever kind of strength he has. And as the vampire is coming over towards him, he stabs it and he gets it right in the face. And it turns out that for years, the vampires kind of had this hands-off policy where they wouldn't make themselves known to man. They would just prey on the, the dead or the dying. And because Baltimore fought back, that's his only crime. Because he fought back, he tipped the scales. They're like, fuck it. This guy, Haggis especially, this guy did this to us. We are going to go friggin' ape shit on humanity. It's going to be like an all-you-can-eat buffet. We are going hog wild. Just because Baltimore fought back, that shows you the hubris of these vampires. They think they're untouchable, and yet they're not. Because So now the plague ravages Europe and it's not the plague. See, they don't, they don't really make this explicit in the comics that the plague, I mean, they do and they don't. It's, it's up for interpretation. But in the book, there's no question. The plague is vampirism. The vampires are turning people left and right. They're weakening them. They're sucking the lifeblood out of them. And then once they get them to a certain point where the, the, the body can no longer sustain, they die and they turn into more vampires. And so Henry, because he did this grievous sin against this vampire, he fought back, oh no, the vampire takes it upon himself to destroy everything that Henry loves. It um, goes back to his place of birth, which was an island, kills his parents and his sister, and they're turned, and then it mangles his wife and does it within hours of Henry's returning home from the war. So it seemingly thought that he would break Baltimore by destroying everything, but he doesn't. He just gives him the resolve to fight back even harder, and he becomes this this vampire hunter. Uh, he he lost his leg in the war, and so it, visually he's a, he's an imposing force. He's got uh, this this wooden slash metal leg that every time he kills a vampire, he hammers a nail into it, and depending on the the depth of the nail, uh, it, it, uh, mirrors the, the, uh, in far, in, in, uh, speaking of the vampire hierarchy, the deeper the nail, the higher up the hierarchy the vampire was. So that's just the background for this. But the Chapel of Bones miniseries, like I said, was two issues and we, we're introduced to, uh, Baltimore's extended family, which is still in the, the series today. So if, if you read this book and then jump into Baltimore right now, you'll know who these people are. But the, the head-scratching part is, this is the first Baltimore thing released, and yet it's at the end of his first quest. Why they did that, I don't know. But looking back, I know because well, I can wrap somewhat my head around it. We're introduced to Baltimore's extended family, where in the miniseries, it's just like, Three guys sitting around a table waiting for Baltimore to show up. We don't really get to know them all that well. It's only 60-some pages, right? But in this book, oh, my God, you know these guys by the time you're done. Baltimore sends them um, all a message, tells them, hey, meet me at this place at this time. So they come from scattered parts to, 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 to meet with Henry, and 
not only is the does the book reveal the history these characters have with Henry, they it also reveals why they would believe him. Like if some guy says to you, "We're being plagued by vampires," um, and I'm going to kill them all, and you're going to help me, would you believe him? That's a pretty tall tale, right? It's pretty hard to believe. I believe you. But yeah, it's because you because you love me. It's true. Um, but so it's almost like an anthology of sorts because Baltimore, re, the the character of Henry Baltimore never really appears until the last chapter. It's nuts how they structured this thing, but it's kind of brilliant too, because like I said, kind of sort of functions as an anthology. They all sit down. They're like, well, how do you know Henry? And um, we have Dr. Lemel Rose, uh, Thomas Childress, and Captain Demetrius. How do you know Henry? Well, I was the dude that took off his leg in, in, with Dr. Rose. And, and Thomas Childress was born on the same island that Henry lived on. So they grew up together. And Captain Demetrius was the dude that used to ferry the wounded soldiers back and forth to the front lines. So he took Baltimore back a wounded Baltimore back from the front lines, heard his story, blah, blah, blah. But it, again, more importantly, it also reinforces why these characters believe him because they also tell tales about encountering the paranormal. And it's nuts. Like Childress's father was an importer. He would scour the globe for these valuable artifacts, bring them back and sell them at a premium, right? So Childress goes down to Chile to secure these Incan artifacts. And when he gets down there, there's this legend of this lake. You don't go near the lake because if you do, you're going to, El Cuero, who lives in the lake, is going to take it and kill you. And it's going to be very unpleasant. And he's like, what? Get the hell out of here. Eventually, it's revealed that this El Cuero thing is alive and it floats like a greasy kind of film on top of the lake. And it's got these claws and eyes all over it, which is pretty disgusting in its own right. But it's tethered to the real beast at the bottom of the lake. It's nuts, right? So Dr. Rose was a surgeon, and, and he, like I said, separated Baltimore from his leg. But he tells the story of this demon bear that inhabited the body of a man, and, and Captain Demetrius, in his travels, stumbles upon this cursed Italian city where this giant, they used to have this tree that they planted in the graveyard that they would, the, the tree would suck all the evil from the place. And it worked for a period of time, but the tree attracts evil from parts unknown. Like everywhere in the vicinity, it's, it's bringing this evil in. And it eventually attracts this giant who makes these possessed puppets. I'm not going to get into it. You got to read it. I think the novel's brilliant. Sounds like it's it's amazing because it it, it's 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 the 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 Council of Elrond written really really big. I mean, I hated that chapter in in the the Lord of the Rings, but that's the thing I can compare it to. It's just characters sitting around, which sounds really boring, talking about the main character, how they met him, and and how he influenced them. But the writing, Mignola and Christopher Golden wrote it it's it's a really amazing book and it adds so much to the current baltimore miniseries that it, it really I, i'm at a loss to explain why chapel of bones was only two issues hmm. when they could have it could easily have been a 12 issue miniseries right. um the book is illustrated i was going to ask you where the spot illustrations 
there's tons of spot illustrations by, by Mr. Mignola. I would say at least a hundred. Oh, Mignolaverse. No, seriously. And, um, you know, uh, in Mr. Mignola's inimitable style, uh, the book is 200. It's not a long read. 285 pages. But the cool thing about it is the framing device is actually Hans Christian Andersen's The Steadfast Tin Soldier. Right. And it works with the that original work. The the book actually because there's the big reveal with Baltimore at the end that I'm not going to spoil, but that ties into the the steadfast tin soldier in a really neat way. It, I think it's an amazing, amazing book. It has increased my enjoyment of what I've read before immensely. Well, that's strong because I know that uh, I know that Baltimore is is of the highest regard for you and for myself. Oh yeah, yeah, I love it, love it, and. Uh, I I think prose is in a sense stronger in some respects than than comics because comics are are limited to the the uh, the ability of the the visual stylist Mm -hmm. so so to say with prose you're at the helm anything you can imagine based on what you've read it's happening yeah well I will I I, I haven't read this book but but certainly recently I had this experience with the strain right. We watched the show, read the comics, listened to the, I listened to the audiobooks. Um, and I would agree. I think the books are the best, not just because they're the most detailed, but, um, but it leaves, leaves it to your own imagination and no one, no, no illustrator is going to cap, be able to capture the same kind of, um, perfect embodiments of fear or, pleasure that your own mind would construct so i think that's a lot of why books work for uh, on a level that's very very difficult to ever recapture visually yep and uh it's true but this book also sets up the entire baltimore universe too so he dispatches the vampire that turned him and that like i said lasted the contents of at least four trade paperbacks in the comics but the the group there's a point where they don't think Baltimore is going to arrive. So this crazy denizen of this bar slash hotel, uh, Mr. Bentley, he's an artist and he has a room upstairs that he rents and it's his studio. He's like, eh, come on upstairs. You know, I'll take some of the edge off. You can stay in my place while you're waiting for this guy to come and we'll talk. You know, they get up there and the guy is completely off his rocker. There are bones on you know, the whole interior of his studio is all bones on the wall. And they're like, what the fuck? And the dude has painted a picture of the Red King. And the Red King is the main antagonist in the Baltimore universe. But you don't know that until well into the comics. And here they, they just spill it, you know, right off the bat. Um, and it's it's not until um, Baltimore interacts with the painting of the Red King, that the Red King realizes that he's he's alive. Like the, he, the Red King wakes up in this, uh, the war, all the bloodshed, kind of, you know, sh- rumbled his his realm a little bit, and you know he stirred, but he didn't wake up. But it wasn't until Baltimore encountered the painting that he's like, well, fuck, this is it. I gotta I gotta get rid mm. of this guy, and then and then it becomes major hell for Baltimore and everyone yeah. around him. But yeah, it's an amazing, amazing book. Respect. It was fantastic. And I got it 
for a song. I've got it on Amazon Marketplace. I think I paid like four mm-hmm. bucks for it. It, it. It's a hardcover with a beautiful Mignola cover uh, uh, image on the dust jacket, which I'm keeping because it's Mignola. But uh, fantastic. I cannot recommend this book highly. Look at you talking about all the words and stuff. Right? Yeah. It's great. It, it, there's something about the plight of Mignola's characters that really speaks to me. It's true. Whether it's, you know, Abe or Hellboy or uh, Baltimore, it's just even like Liz, even the, the secondary and tertiary mm-hmm. characters, there's something about them that just clicks. I am so disconnected from Abe because it's very clear as I look at the monthly solicits that Abe has become a very fully formed character and, and has had now probably 100 plus issues focusing on him, if not more. But I'm still early enough in the BPRD uh, read through that that Abe is still essentially a strong co lead character, right? He's not he, he's he's yeah. still part of the team. He's not. I'm not. I, there's a lot about him. I'm. I just I haven't I haven't seen and haven't made a connection with yet. Yeah. Well, he's slowly working his way out of self imposed exile. Okay. And the uh, the last issue was great. It was. Um, it's actually Hellboy's in it with them, and they're investigating a, uh, a Loch Ness monster type Ooh. situation. Yeah, and um, oh shit, David's gonna kill me. I, I, I really wanted to tell him the the artist. Um, it's not Stelfreeze. Was it Stelfreeze? Hang on a second. Wow. I think it was Abe Sapien twenty two. Where it was? Um, no, Kevin Nolan. Oh. Kevin Nolan, it wasn't 22, I think it was 23 or 24. Kevin Nolan uh, drew it, and it is amazing. Really, really sharp issue. Where, you know, they're, they're, they're called to this, this sleepy uh, village where, you know, someone was murdered by the lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, that per- Actually, it was Ogopogo. Someone was murdered by the lake, and they, they automatically blame it on Ogopogo. And it turns out it wasn't Ogopogo, but so it's a mystery. It's a monster story. It's Hellboy and Abe Sapien before he turned. So it's the more, it's the sleek, uh, Abe Sapien from, you know, the movie and prior. It's great. Great stuff. Uh, Fantastic. I, I just, there's, there's really something about the, you know, about it. You're about about it. I, I never, those are the, one of the first books I read every, every time a box comes. Respect. Yep. All right. So I'm glad I got that out. Me too. Read it, people. If you want to save money on your favorite comics and collectibles, there's only one place to go. Where is that, David? Discount Comic Book Service. That's right. Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. You will get your books cheaply. You will get them quickly. And you will get them in pristine condition, delivered right to your door. Um, I have to send them a message because um, I'm wondering about this. Uh, I didn't check. I should just check. I'm wondering about the book of the Geomancer from Valiant. I guess yeah. it's a it's an it's an incentive. Book. I told you about it. It's, it's like twenty five bucks. Yeah. yeah, there's only like so many. But there's four yeah. issues. Never so each issue never go- digital. Never to be collected. I mm-hmm. think that's nuts. That's crazy to me. Why they would do that. And that book, that book better be top friggin' notch if they're gonna, like it can't be a recollection with text and images of, of the, mm-hmm. you know, the Geomancer. It better be damn good. But I'm thinking 
um, from what I heard, who illustrated it? Isn't it um, Rip? Isn't Rip illustrating the book of I the Geomancer? Think so yeah, I, I yeah. found in the uh, couple episodes back. Oh, you did. That's right, you did. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway, I have to send them a message on that. You'll get your stuff right when you want it from the, the, the comfort of your couch. DCBService.com. They are by far the best. Um, I don't believe I have any in your travels. Wait, what? I'm going to have to pull one out of my butt. Dude, come up with something. Right next to that lint. <laughs> <laughs> in your travels go read some west coast adventures oh nice wow shit because i got them right what i got it actually was not much of a reach because it's right here not on the a scale. reach at all <laughs> if you love steve Englehart, danny fingeroth mark bright alan milgram i gotta say though the ditko issue uh i think it's the annual klaus jansen just like took a massive dump mm. on ditko he eviscerated it. But anyway, if you want to see the best inker that ever was, speaking purely from this moment in time, Joe Sinnott, he is all over this thing. Yeah, it's just great stuff. Uh, Master Pandemonium, Iron Man in the crappy armor, uh, David's favorite Wonder Man. Oh, God. I know. The printing. Son of Satan. Tiger's in here. up in that piece. Hell, Master Tigra, Pandemonium. I love Master Pandemonium. He's like my favorite. Um, Mockingbird. The printing on this book is really impeccable. The colors are flat and gorgeous. Love, there's nothing love, wrong. Love that series. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with flat color. Thor's got a beard. Hercules. It's Hercules, just amazing Hercules. stuff. Hercules. And if you keep an eye out, I bet you that your LCS will have copies of these hardcovers for far less than the cover price. So check them out. Avengers West Coast. Um, this is called Sins of the Past. And family ties. That was the and best you, in your travels you've done in a long time. <laughs> and and you'll love it because it's Ultron. It's 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 the Perhaps connection so. between Ultron, Ultron Vision, Wonder Man, Master Pandemonium. It's a big big dysfunctional family, and you'll learn all about it by reading these. You should look for them this weekend at Heroes. You Tell should. You. And David and Jason because he love we all love it. Oh, I love West Coast Avengers. Yes. Yeah. I have a West Coast Avengers jam piece. Yes, you do. You do. You do. With Firebrand on it. Um, Lindsay Lohan. And, and tra- you know what? I I decided to. I'm I'm still um kicking around in the um. This isn't man your travels. It, it's just it's something that I meant to mention earlier, and it, it 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 annoyed me because I I read Action Comics number forty one, oh. and and. Superman has been his his secret identity is known to the world. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Wait, yeah. really? Everybody knows he's Clark Kent, and he's slightly less powered. He's not depowered. He's still strong. He he is he doesn't he he's not a hundred percent. And uh, hi, my name is Peter Parker, and, and so he he uh, he's and apparently if. if Lois is the one who added him and, and Luther was involved, but Luther still doesn't really believe it, even though it's right in front of him. But what's weird, what, what, what bothers me is that I didn't read Superman 41 yet. I read Action Comics, the one drawn by, um, um, drawn by Aaron Cooter. And that is, is setting up a story. You read Justice League of America, you read Justice 
league and it's the Superman that we're familiar with from the new 52. So that's not happening at the same time. But I read Batman Superman number 21, which is the first time this deep powered or, or, or lesser powered Superman is going to go see Batman where he meets, um, robot Donnie Darko Batman with, with the suit. And he, it, he realizes it's not Bruce. He talks to Alfred. So this is post, um, Endgame, the, 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 the Joker storyline from that just ended before convergence. Um, but the fight that Superman is having at the beginning of Batman Superman 21, he's talking about the, 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 the people he's going, he's fighting, but the footnote says, see action comics 42. I just read 41. 42 is not out yet. How are you going to have, <laughs> how am I reading an issue now where the issue that if I want more information isn't even out yet, but the fights happen. It, it's just, it, it really bothered me. That's, that, that, that bothered me a lot. Um, wait, I'm a little bit confused yeah. as, as usual. You say it's a depowered Superman and everyone knows Lois, Lois revealed to the world that Clark Kent is Superman. Yes. That's not the new 52 Superman. It is. Oh, yes. it is. Okay. Post flashpoint new 52 Superman, not the convert, it, it, nothing to do with convergence. So this is the Superman that um Morrison and Pack and 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 everybody else has has been writing since the new fifty two, since two thousand eleven. How are they gonna put the cat back in the box? I, I don't know. Because when Alfred is talking to Clark um about Bruce, about what where Bruce is, um when Clark leaves the the Batcave, uh, he he's basically um, telling us that you know not only is uh, Alfred wouldn't wouldn't lie, but at the same time he knows Alfred was a very uh, talented actor before he became a, a butler. So um, maybe he's not completely on the up and up. And then he he goes and buys some spray paint, and it looks like he um, he he spray paints one of Batman's. Bat cycles, and now it's red and blue, and and it was just it was it was a weird issue, and I I, I just I'd like to get some more info, but they're making it very hard because of the way yeah. the way issues are being, um, either my reading schedule or just the way the issues are being released. So why did she out him? I don't for for I, no I other reason than at just breaking the, the story? end of um the 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 Johns. Ramita Jr. uh Jansen storyline post uh right right before convergence. It must have happened before then. I or I, I'm I'm guessing because Our Lois is a dick. But when he calls her, they're they're still like they both she she's trying to flip the script and be like, you know, well you lied to me and like she she's justifying her reasons for doing it, yeah, I guess because she's a reporter and people have a right to know and and um she did it for both their sakes and, and she's been getting death threats and, and, and Perry is, is eating himself into an early grave and, and he's, he's, he's been, uh, he, he's had to go before, um, subcommittees and, uh, the world's a mess. People don't have a right because, to know. because she, and, and it's just, it, it, it was a strange conversation and I'm not yeah, sure. I gotta read well, yeah. All right. Superman, Batman Superman 21, which is not, it's check it out. 
But um, my in your travels, I'm gonna go with uh, an old Copperhead. I read seven and eight over the weekend, uh, so I am caught up, and it was um, it was fantastic. There's uh, you got a taste of of this of this town, of this part of the planet, of of the characters in the first handful of issues, and now we're um, we're, we're, we're getting some momentum going. We're, we're, we're picking things up a bit. Um, it looks like a, uh, an ex-husband is going to show up. Um, there's a, uh, the, uh, disturbance, the, the, the menace that was locked up a couple issues ago. Uh, his brother came to Springham and, uh, the brother's an idiot and, Wants to, uh, exact revenge on this plain old bitch sheriff and, and she didn't have to do that to me. And, and the brother's the smart one. And he's like, listen, we're just, we're getting out of Dodge. We're leaving. Got nothing to do here. You're not going to bring more trouble on yourself. Let's just get the hell out of here. And, and dummy's like, oh, you wouldn't walk away. If, if this happened to you, you, you'd stand your ground and you'd want to fight her. And he goes, I wouldn't let this happen to me. And, and, but the brother, got his way and they're setting up a they're setting a trap and and boo gets uh he he gets suckered into it and uh basically i guess we're going to use him for bait it's um i'm being very vague because i i want you to read it because it, it things happen quickly it it's it's extremely well done um I, I I got to the end of the two issues and well each issue and and i had to read the next one and and now i got to wait for number 9 and and number 8 ends um with a pretty cool cliffhanger where, where you're introduced or you're, you're being shown, um, the bastion where, where you're no, no law has ever entered or, uh, I guess it has ever lived to tell the tale, but, uh, that's where they're taking Boo and, and, uh, the sheriff is going to, um, while she's, uh, while she's getting her uh, her swerve on, her house is broken into. She's got to handle that. Um, oh, and she's getting her swerve on. Yeah, and 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 makes the teacher feel a little insignificant at the same time. Well, after that, when when she's uh, he's like, is it in yet? But no, even even now, when when these dudes break into the house and and she's handling her business, when when you know she tells him be quiet, she goes down. So he ha- she's asking him, are you any good in a fight? He's like, well, I've never been in a fight. And then when the when the guys show up have her at gunpoint and they're going to say, you know, you're coming with us. And then they, they go to also include the teacher in on this. She's basically, she kind of just emasculated. She's like, no, just train your eyes on me. Keep your gun pointed at me. He's, he's worthless. He's useless. He's, you know, it's just like, damn. I mean, yeah, he's got this look on his face. Like, well, I was a man when I came into this room, but it, it was just, um, but she could also be doing that to save him, you know, cause she doesn't, it, it, it's a civilian and, and she brought him into her house. So it's not like, you know, he, he wanted this to happen tonight. So it was, it was an interesting scene. Um, but now she's got to kind of save Boo and, and, and there's another, um, uh, what the hell was his name? His name not, not Bryfogle. It was weird. It was close to Bryfogle, but there's, there's another, uh, one of Boo's species and, uh, and they have an argument about, um, how Boo working for the man, working for humans. Um, and how, how could he do that? 
you know, we, we, we fought these people and, and now you're working for them doing their bidding. And Boo's like, but you're getting your orders from humans too. He's like, it's not the same thing. I'm not, I'm working with them, not for them. And it's, it's, it's just a really interesting dynamic. The whole issue, it was, this has been a, uh, each issue has just kind of been ramping up from one to the next. And I was doing this little stairwell thing with my hand that nobody could see, but it was, it's, it's a really, (laughs) um, it's still a phenomenal book. And, and, uh, if you are not reading it, you really should be. Okay. Before Jason goes, Mm -hmm. I have a, I have an update. Uh The book of death legends of the geomancer written by Fred Van Lente art by Juan Jose rip is it's a 10 copy incentive. I guess for every 10 book of death, the store owners, they get one of these. It's $6 at dcbservice.com. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's a great price. Six bucks per issue. So there you go. Agreed. Cool. Um, so a couple things in your travels. If you happen to be, if you own a car, have some Skrilla, maybe have some extra airline miles stored up. And you want to hang with two thirds of the world's best comics podcast. You can, you can sure. head down to the beautiful southern shanty known as Charlotte, North Carolina this weekend. DAP and I, along with uh, a few thousand of our best friends, will be attending Heroes Con, the annual art centric con that uh, is is always on the you, you know a con is good when it's 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 a, a creator's favorite and it seems like there are very few creators that have been a part of heroes con that don't speak reverently about it so we'll be down there that's actually why a uh, little inside baseball that's why we're bringing you the episode a day early because david and uh, his lovely wife are heading down to north carolina wednesday morning or wednesday afternoon excuse me david um <laughs> so we will see you all there. We will be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And uh, as we always say to Khan, if you do see us, please say hello. That's what we're there for. And, and give them an intro. And please. creators, be prepared because you will be giving us copious amounts of bumpers just to prove Vincent wrong. <laughs> um, I wanted to shout out a movie that I had the uh, good fortune of watching in my business travels this past week. Uh, it's a movie that I guess it came out a few months ago and it totally escaped me. Um, but I, that was a mistake. Um, it is Ex Machina. Oh which, yeah. Which came out in April of this year, directed by Alex Garland, but it was phenomenal. I loved it. I loved it from start to finish. It, it's, it's almost two hours. It's about, um, so those of you that, that, that they're into artificial intelligence or robotics, you understand there's something called the Turing test. And the Turing test is essentially that, uh, a computer system is deemed to have gained artificial intelligence, uh, or, or, or sentience, um, if it can fool a human into not realizing that it's dealing with a computer, right? So that's, that's the, that's the idea of passing the Turing test. So this film is essentially about that. A young, uh, programmer, working for essentially this world's Google, the world's largest internet search company. He wins a company competition where the prize is he gets to spend a week with the CEO and founder of his firm at his reclu- uh, reclusive um, compound. 
So he goes there, and uh, the the CEO is played. Uh, I don't know the actor's name, but it's the it's the the kid, the guy from Llewellyn, um, uh, Llewellyn. Oh, inside Llewellyn Davis. Yeah, and uh, and I believe he's in the new Star Wars movie too, if I'm not mistaken. Right? I think he's he's one of the characters in the new Star Wars film. But but in any regard, he plays the 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 the, the, C, the CEO, and the CEO has created uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, uh, a, you know, pretty much a cyborg robot type of, of, of creation. And the, the boy that won the contest is, is essentially there as, as an experiment to, um, to give this AI a, 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 the ultimate Turing test to see if it passes. But, but it's, it goes in a lot of ways from there. So it's, it's brilliant, well thought out, very cerebral science fiction that I thought was phenomenal. So, be on the lookout for that. I don't think it's available for rent yet. I think that um, I saw it, you know, one of those hotel pay-per-views where they have the movies early type of thing, like recently in theaters. So I don't know when it comes to DVD and streaming all that, but it's got to be fairly soon, I would think. So be on the lookout for that. And then from a reading standpoint, um, one of the things I had wanted to ask you about, Vince, um, because I think David dropped off on it, but they're not like us. Uh, five and six have come out and which wraps up the first arc. So I don't know if you're current on it, Vince, are you? I didn't read, um, six maybe. Okay. I, I'm not current. Okay. Yeah. Well, just, when we've talked a little bit about this a few issues ago, but it's, it's written by, uh, images head honcho Eric Stevenson with phenomenal art by Mr. Simon Gain, uh, colors by the incomparable Jordi Belair. Um, and, and like I said, five and six are wrapping up the first arc. Um, it's essentially a story of a band of psychics with varying different psychic powers, ranging from telekinesis to pyrokinesis to, uh, you know, to straight up, uh, telepathy to illusion, you know, all sorts of things. And they're, they're, um, they're headed up by a, um, uh, um, a ne'er do well who, uh, seemingly has their best interest at heart in the auspice of taking them in and giving them a home, a la Fagan from Oliver Twist or Professor X from the X-Men, but, but, but he's, he's got his own motives and, and it's, it's quite possible that his motivations aren't, aren't true. And, um, we follow the story of their newest recruit who's having trouble dealing with her integration into this new lifestyle where they're essentially criminals, effectively and anarchists. And she's having trouble dealing with that. And throughout the whole arc, um, we come to learn that, that all of the members of this society have killed their parents as a final rite of passage into the group. And most of them have no regrets on that front, but she doesn't want to kill her parents. She hates her parents. Her parents have always treat, mistreated her because they thought she was crazy when in fact she was psychic and, and, and have never been a positive uh, support system for her, but she doesn't want to go so far as to kill them. She doesn't see the point in that. And uh, this arc is essentially establishing the characters, giving some crucial backstory, and then um, ra- and then essentially putting to bed this issue of whether or not her parents are going to be assassinated uh, at her hand. And it uh, it completely by the end of the sixth issue, it completely turns the entire uh, premise of the book on its head. And sets, uh, of course, in a completely new direction. So, um, I, I dug it. I love Gaines' art. I love his art. I think it's phenomenal. Um, and I am definitely looking forward to 
the second uh, arc, I assume, will have some break in between because I haven't seen it solicited. So I'm guessing it's a Mignola type of model, Hellboy type of model, where they put out an arc and build up another one and put out another one. So um, definitely worth picking up the trade. I think the trade was solicited this past month, but even if it was, you could, I'm sure, still get it for a very hefty discount from our good friends at Discount Comic Book Service or their sister site, In Stock Trades. And uh, it's definitely worth your your attention. For real. Gain is a beast. He is. Nice guy, too. Oh, yeah? Yep. Very nice guy. You know all the creators, don't you? <laughs> like I see, he's, he's not my boo. Lindsner, Gain. No people. Yeah. Seriously, Tom Kelly. No. Hey, everybody. Thank you for being here with us again this week. If you enjoyed what you heard, you best join us next week because we'll be here waiting for you. <laughs> Same place you found this. Um, say good night. First, what? I'll say rest in peace, Dusty. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Damn it! I wanted to talk about that. We lost. Did you see the? I'm sure you did. The 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 tribute with the tolling of the bell. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. That was that was awesome. There's a little. Uh, it's also like a two and a half, three minute. Um, they aired it at the beginning of. Of Raw as well last night, but it was, um, it's online and, uh, it was my brother texted me. He's like, yeah, I got a little dusty in the room. And he was, uh, cause at the end he, uh, dusty thanks everybody and says, uh, see you soon. And it was just like, oh, right yeah. Here. But, uh, and yeah, you're right. Dusty's one, Dusty Rose is one of those, those, those all time greats that defines if you're a true wrestling fan from back in the day because you may, Consider yourself a professional wrestling fan, but if you don't understand why Dusty Rhodes is one of the all-time greats, then you need to hit the history books and watch some and watch some old footage because he's one of those guys that just needs to be on the tip of your tongue when you talk about the best ever. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I guess, he's the best on the mic of all time. I mean, personally, so that's awesome. McMahon actually looked. Yeah, yeah. Well, re- well remember, he, Dusty wasn't just a, uh, an occasional figurehead that came to do appearances. He, he worked with them day to day at NXT. Yeah. So he was, he trained half of the people on the roster now at this point. He's, he's, he's a, he was a, essentially an executive of the company. He'd worked every day down in Florida with them for a year or so. So he was very close personally to almost everybody on the roster. Huge loss. We lost, a, a, a bunch of great uh, uh, giants, actually. Christopher Lee. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Saruman, yeah. 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 Count Dooku, yeah. Dracula. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, time, she is a bitch. Yes. It is true. Yeah. So, um, happy thoughts. We're, we're, we're grateful for what those uh, folks gave Keep us. Keep your phone on yeah. this weekend, Vince, because we are going to deluge you with pictures of art bumpers and Mario's penis. Well, I know the the latter won't have to be shot widescreen. How <laughs> about the motion in the ocean, Vince? <laughs> That's not what they tell me. All right, everybody, uh, thanks for being here. We'll see. You, we'll hear you next week. You'll hear us next Thursday. week. Thursday. Um, look out for yes, Thursday. Look out for David and Jason down at Heroes and Mario, and uh, come back. By all means, come back. Mm. Say good night. David. Good night. David. Boom.
Boom, check it out. Thank you.